0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brawner. The opening kickoff. kickoff, kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael.
1: Yeah, here we are. Welcome into another edition of the opening kickoff. Mark I'm Lee and We're with you, Michael Braunner, for the next three hours right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com. Got plenty to get to today. You know how this works. We're going to have a little daily dose of fried deliciousness. We'll have uh, another sounder for the Francia's formal affair so you can get registered or qualified for a chance at a full set of tails thanks to Francia. We're just giving stuff away left and right
2: around here. And, oh, yeah, we're going to talk some sports. A big night in the NBA last night, Mark. Joel Embiid had 70 points. It was a record-setting night. We don't normally start off with the NBA, but 70 points is a franchise record, which kind of surprised me because I thought, well, Chamberlain, held the Philadelphia record but he he did it with the Warriors. This is the 76ers organization, so MB becomes the ninth player to score 70 or more points. They won the game, but on the same night Carl uh, Carl Anthony Towns for the T-Wolves had 62 points. They lost. It is the first time since 1978 that two players in the NBA each scored 60 or more points, uh, David Thompson and George Gervin. You remember those names, don't you? I do, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, only because you you say them a lot. Exactly. And both of those, <laughs> uh, both of those guys in '78, only the fourth time in the history of the NBA where two guys had 60 or more points. So I thought we'd start out with that. And didn't didn't Duran have 40 or 45 yes, or he something? Had, he had 43. Like
1: it was a big. You should rephrase. It wasn't a big night for the NBA. It was a big night for NBA's for NBA offenses. It was a terrible <laughs> night for NBA defense. Which is doesn't it, is set it the, always yeah, which doesn't set the bar really 70,
2: high. Seventy points in a game. I'm. I, I look, I. It's only nine times that has been done. I Chamberlain used to do it a lot, but of course he had that advantage but, of being so strong and so big.
1: And look, I'll, I'll freely admit I didn't watch a single minute of the NBA, nor have I watched a single minute of the NBA of a long time. But at some point, the other doesn't your opponent. Get the idea that maybe you're the one scoring all the points. And don't you have a little pride in trying to stop the one guy? I mean, at some point you get to huddle and say, all right, Shravanian's not beating us. The dude's got 55 already. He's not scoring again. And dude just, and he scored 70. You it's know, just Mark, insane. In,
2: in many cases, you're right, but the guy is so big. And I don't know, except for the uh, rookie, Wombayana, I don't know anybody who's that tall on the uh, Spurs that can stay with him. Plus, you know the league is very offensive-minded. Uh, you get, you can't hand-check. You can't do certain things that you could do years ago. By the way, Wembeana had like 33 points in the loss yesterday. So the rules, as they are in the NFL, very much favor the offense in the NBA. And that's why we're seeing such huge scores. We see spacing. And granted, I think and probably... For the most part, shoot. You know, the 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 players are more skilled, better shooters. I don't know, but because I I'm like you, I haven't watched much NBA. I Certainly didn't watch any last night. I usually wait for the postseason. There might be a moment or two during a commercial break where I'll stick it on for a second or two. But for the most part, I'll wait for postseason. But it was, you know, give give the NBA its due. They got two guys over sixty points. It's rare. It, rare, it rarely happens. Uh, yesterday, my uh, Prius parked down there in front of the senior bowl office you know who what car i was parked behind i don't michael correct me if i'm wrong that was uh the athletic director uh, greg Byrne's car in front of mine right i believe it was yeah as i was pulling out i was extra careful not to nick it or anything like that um uh, you you pointed out or others pointed out that greg Byrne, uh uh kane and others were in town yesterday for alabama correct were they there for a certain wide receiver?
3: I mean, I don't know why Greg Byrne would be here for that reason. He, he What was would bring pro- him
2: here then on uh, just the uh, middle of the week? What would bring him here because he's so busy up at Alabama? I don't know. He's he's probably fundraising. <laughs> Mark, speaking <laughs> about fundraising, do you see who the latest was to give to well the Ohio State collectives? No, who's that? C.J. Stroud. Oh, I bet. Between fifty and and $100,000. He is donating money to the what's called the uh, I think the foundation, but you know this is what I found. Well, first of all, the
1: Alabama coach, including Kane, uh, DeBoer, they were at St. Paul's because they they were all over the place. They they were
2: uh, they were they were. DeBoer was in Mississippi too yesterday, so So I think he made the rounds. But getting back to this foundation, Ohio State. Here's the thing that really got my attention. You know who founded it? Cardell Jones. Remember him? I do. He didn't come here to play no school. No, Cardell Jones was a co founder of the Collectives, and Ohio State's been very active lately. Obviously, a say in the Alabama uh, quarterback, uh, Caleb Downs, McLaughlin, uh, Judkins, the running back from Mississippi State. The list goes on and on. Okay. Yeah, Cardell. I remember Cardell. Good for him. Third
1: string quarterback. Took him to a national championship. And the one who famously said, "We ain't come here to play no school." Good for him. Uh, so did you see Greg Byrne or just his car? I think we didn't. We see him Uh, getting out. He walked
2: by the window. I don't know where he was going. Yeah, we saw him get out of the vehicle, but we were inside (laughs) the senior office, and we did not make a beeline across the street. Mark, no, Lee did. I had to pull him back. Yeah. Well, I didn't want him to touch my vehicle. Really? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Well, you're better than I, Lee. I got a parking ticket. So. No. Yeah. Did you
2: really? Yeah. Michael, you know, a lot of times while we're there, I kept looking out the window just to see if there was any activity. Because you would have run out there and— Oh, yeah. Yeah. So were you parked right in on that senior bowl, uh, right on in front of the senior bowl?
3: No, I was parked on the square. And there was like an hour 50 on my meter. Couldn't a, Couldn't have been more than— five or six or seven minutes that it was well, expired you, for you
2: kind of uh you hurt your own self remember you asked that question that went on forever about wide receivers <laughs> had it you not a, asked that question you might have gotten out in time i think my question was succinct oh it was a good question i'm just saying it prolonged the conversation
1: yeah it wasn't a long question it was just
2: a question right Okay. Michael Excuse wanted an me. answer, and he wanted it right then and there. Okay. Mark, okay. Uh, Mark, I said, Michael, I'm sorry. I, I hate, f- I hate for that to happen. I, I don't see why, when we go down to cover events like that, we should be held w- accountable. What's
1: a what's a ticket like that run these days?
2: <laughs> More than it should. Oh yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. You gonna contest it? I think I'm going to contest it. By the way, why don't you take it to the Senior Bowl office and see if they'll take care of it? That's I the reason you were there. I don't think it's their responsibility.
1: Do you take it to the office over here and the could take it to WNSP and be like yeah.
2: S- see what There's the uh, a fee for park in the, right, other right. See <laughs> the See what the see what the general manager has to say about it. It's an it, expensive four minute interview I got with exactly. Justin. Exactly. We'll play that tomorrow. Okay. Uh so for I'll tell you what, in, in fairness, we'll play it twice. <laughs>
1: Uh, for those uh, that are unaware, Senior Bowl had a, a gathering, a media gathering yesterday, so uh, Carter Bradley, who we're going to talk to coming up here at 6.30, uh, was among them. Bo Nix. Uh, who else? I know
2: there were a bunch of, bunch of folks. Solomon of Troy. Uh, Marcus Pritchett. Harris and Nehemiah Pritchett Fr- for Auburn. And, of course, the interview that Michael did that cost them. Yeah. All He'll right. do anything for Alabama. Yeah. Mm. Why y- don't you, you donate took one it for the
1: team? Nice job.
2: So instead of donating it to the collectives, you're going to donate it to the city.
1: We want to <sighs> thank Michael Bronner for his contributions to the city, <laughs> and uh, the donation is uh, unfortunately not tax deductible. But we're we're a better city.
2: For Michael, it, I have a suggestion. Mm. Today is Senior Bowl Day. It's been proclaimed. The City Council's meeting. I suggest you go down there. <laughs> And wave the ticket. Says, so if this is Senior Bowl Day, don't you think I should be granted a reprieve? I got my ticket for the game. I got my ticket for the no, game. Don't you think I should be granted a reprieve? I was, I was helping, pro- I was helping the Senior Bowl. It's been called Senior Bowl Day today. I think you should go down there and uh, and contest it. Yeah, I'm gonna see what can be done. I can't wait to hear this. Well,
1: maybe we'll ask David Green. I saw get about to
2: you, see if David Green wants
1: to help you out. Oh, yeah. what
3: a perfect day.
1: Yes. All right, so here's what we got going on today. Speaking of, uh, what is today? Tuesday? Boy, time flies when you're having fun. It's only Tuesday. Uh, Carter Bradley, we mentioned David Green at 6.50. We'll try to get Michael out of his ticket. Travis Ryer is going to join us to talk some Alabama. Jerry Palm will uh, at 7.30 on college basketball. Joe Nyland, God bless him, the Bills fan. Uh, we'll see if he's doing okay. We'll check in with the athletic director at Spring Hill. That'll be at 8 o'clock. And then Andrew Spivey will give us an update on what's going on with Florida and the uh, NCAA investigation. That'll be at 8.30. Uh, So uh, you guys can certainly uh get in. According to the app, uh, it'll be a good test of uh, his celebrity. I'm assuming they're talking about your celebrity and not David Green's celebrity, mm. uh, Michael Bronner. Yeah, we'll see. So you're thinking you're about six or seven minutes? You, you're thinking that— the the the, um, the police or whoever was the the meter people were just kind of waiting by your car waiting for it to click and I think I was targeted yeah yeah what what uh, what colors your car oh, that's not
2: important oh that's you know what you should have done I just
1: didn't know if it drew attention to your car
2: hey like look neutral-ish. at that thing. Michael you should have put it on the uh, dashboard or the windshield wiper of the uh, Greg Burns car <laughs>
1: <laughs> but now don't you just save that ticket and that way anytime you go park downtown you just stick it in your you stick it on your windshield? Yeah, maybe. I mean essentially you, you'll you'll never have to pay for parking again. Unless it's a crime to use an old ticket to put I on your dashboard. Uh, Michael, I wouldn't pay any it. attention to
2: what he's saying. They'll give you another ticket to go along with uh, it. I don't know. Hmm.
1: Sounds pretty good. I know, it sounds like a pretty good idea. Well, I po- was that the, but that's probably had to have been the worst part of your day, right? Uh, it gets worse.
3: No, that w- that was that was probably I had to do the John Ricchetti show last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that should have been the
2: highlight of your day. <laughs> no, talking about kidding, Alabama's Nick Dunlap.
3: Come I'm on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, we had trouble getting on the air, but you know.
1: Well, look at it this way. If you all don't have a trouble last night, we probably don't get on the air as easily as we did today, so thank you for that. Separate issue. Oh, never You wouldn't mind, understand. Then. It's yeah. just producer stuff. Yeah, it's producer Not only do I not understand, I don't really want to <laughs> understand. Not at all. Not even a little bit. All right. Uh, we're going to get you started with a scoreboard and some traffic and some weather. Uh, and when we come back, you guys can chime in. The NBA taking center stage last night. What? That's crazy. We'll talk to you next. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station.
4: Hi, this is Luis Gonzalez, former South Alabama Jaguar and Major League player. You're listening to WNSP Mobile.
1: You and Michael Jordan, the only NBA
0: players to put up 65 points, 15 rebounds, and five assists in a game. What does that mean to you? You and MJ, baby. Will never did this? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. Just, just you, you and just MJ. You How and crazy Jordan. is I don't, that? I don't believe that. Although, you know, some of those, you know, Will uh, you know, we, you know, we still got to see. But I'm sure Will, he's done it. Uh.
1: Hey, it's 620 Joel Embiid last night after scoring 70. You know what was re- even better was Kevin Durant's reaction at the podium when they told him that Joel Embiid scored 70. Uh, it's not
2: playable uh, <laughs> on radio. But All right, so what would you prefer? If you're the NBA player we're talking about, would you rather score 70, basically a one-sided win, or score 43 like Durant did and get the game-winning basket at the buzzer?
1: Uh, I think 70 is kind of rarefied air. Um, As cool as a game winner is, they're, for lack of a better term, a dime a dozen, right? We always see a game winning shot.
3: Uh, well, you could be Carl Anthony Towns and score 63 and lose and be on the bench in crunch time. I definitely don't want to be that. <laughs> that's what happened last night. Brandon Miller, by the way, with
2: 27 points. Do you know where uh, Towns is from? He went to Kentucky. He's from New Jersey. Oh boy. Oh, uh, I wasn't I aware he's yeah. from New Jersey. So he much talent coming from that state this it morning. Is unbelievable. He uh he actually I think attended a high school that I once did basketball games for.
3: Maybe if he was uh from Mobile,
2: he would have been on the be- on the uh on
3: floor the at the end of the game.
2: We haven't had many players from Mobile make it big in the NBA.
3: You ever hear this, uh DeMarcus Cousins is right behind you, Lee? You ever hear this? Hornets broadcaster? No. Can I play you a 10 second Please, clip? Please, go ahead.
5: Brandon.
0: Tough chance. Got it! Oh, Brandon Miller, um, So, if
2: if you're broadcasting your team scoring 130 points or whatever, they had 125 yesterday or 128, you're gonna be like, I like get horse after the game if you're gonna be screaming after. Yeah, every I don't basket? know. That
3: was a mid-range to go up five with two minutes left in the game. <laughs> it, I mean, it was a good shot and it was a big shot, and they ended up winning the game. But it wasn't like this buzzer beater.
2: <laughs> he wasn't falling away out of bounds from. Got the it. No, he, it was a normal mid-range shot. Either of you have a favorite call on a basket because there's so many in games. Like, I remember one. I don't remember who. Like, one guy would say bingo. You know, I I that that didn't I like uh, Chris Stewart's bottom. Bottom's good, but that that's I think that came from the Tennessee play-by-play announcer from years ago. No, you can't say that. Okay. It was I Chris did. Stewart. Didn't. He made All it right. up. All right. Uh
1: I I don't know if I have a favorite. I can tell you the ones that frustrate me are the the ones that try to do a catchphrase but then yell it like every play is the Super Bowl. Like I don't I don't Dude, it's 16-14 in the first half, and you're screaming, you know, the prob- or right. whatever your little
2: catchphrase is. And the problem in the NBA <laughs> is you, you come up with a catchphrase, <laughs> and you go on, and before you know it, two other baskets have been scored.
1: Yeah. I think sometimes uh, people that do play, and you all would be better suited to, answer, uh, to, to talk to, the, to this than I would, but I think sometimes play-by-play guys are trying so hard to be noticed. Just, just call the game. Just call it. Like, not every play has to be some sort of potential Hall of Fame call. Just Jim Nance call is getting
2: game. a lot of accolades for his call on the missed uh, field goal. I was
3: about to bring that up. Did you guys hear the
2: Korean call that came out yesterday? Somehow I, we missed that. I did. I don't know, Mark. Maybe you. Came
1: out it. yesterday? Let's hear it if you got it. It's the missed field goal, by the way. Clearly. Tyler Bass. Oh! That's actually pretty good. That would have been My good in English. So, <laughs>
2: <whoa>! <laughs> Michael, are you going to borrow that for your I might uh, I might, I might pull that one out. Yeah. So, here's the deal though. The Tyler Bass misses the field goal, and this is what I hate about sports. Uh, th- he's ar- he's already erased all of his social media accounts. He's taken everything off, and he's been getting death threats now. And this is yeah, look, I know fans are upset, but, I mean, it is sports. It's not life and death. And he has uh, now become kind of a villain up there bec- uh, with with somebody who uh, sent in some threats on him and so forth. So I hate it. I hate it that it happens like this. It's all too often, though.
1: I wouldn't even know where to begin to try to contact one of those guys f- for a death threat or anything else. Like, um I would I would think that he could get some counseling from Scott Norwood or
2: something. I don't know. <laughs> and and and, and uh, no, it's ridiculous. I and, mean, in sports, like y- you bring up Scott Norwood, we we haven't said that name. The only time his name comes up now is when a Buffalo kicker misses a field goal.
1: There was a uh, on social media somebody picked it up. There was a guy. I guess it was a Kansas City fan who took a a, a fan. Plugged it in and put it right next to his to his uh to his TV during the kick, as to make the kick miss. And dude went <laughs> nuts. It was hilarious.
2: Hey Michael, you like this? I I, I booked Joe Nylon, the athletic director at Spring Hill, for a variety of reasons. Their, their basketball team's doing well now. He just got back from the NCAA uh, meetings. Charles Baker spoke, but he's also an avowed as his family as they have tickets to the Buffalo Bills games. And I was reminiscing with him because he has been a Bills fan ever since back in the 60s, right? He reminded me, I had forgotten about this. He said, misery started with him when the Buffalo Bills traded Daryl LaMonica to the Raiders. (laughs) And I know you brought up that name once, that you love that name, The Mad Bomber. Yeah, the Mad Bomber. I had forgotten he played for Buffalo, and then he went to the Raiders, and Joe and I were reminiscing about that yesterday because it's been a long history of failures for the Buffalo Bills.
1: All right, so it's 6 626. Uh, we are going to talk to Carter Bradley coming up here in just a second. Do want to mention Ryan Williams uh, went on the record with my colleague over at al.com Ben Thomas. Uh he just coming off his Alabama visit. He's been up there a bunch of times, but the first time he got to meet the the new coaching staff. For what it, for what it's worth Alabama fans, he was wearing Alabama gear during the interview. He still has to go to Texas this week, and then I believe Auburn. He did not give any indication where he stands, but all things seem to be pretty positive with his uh, with his visit to Tuscaloosa. He said he's going to have a better handle on where he stands after the Texas visit, but all indications are he talked to the receivers coach, he talked about the new offense they're going to be running. It seems suited to his... Uh, his skills, so all in all, he was pretty neutral, but I'd lean positive. Not that he would come out and say, "Nah, it ain't out. He ain't going to say just, that. Just
2: keep the bids coming in. Yeah, I, I do think. Just keep the bids coming in.
1: Um, I do think you're on f- as good a footing as you could be at this point without him saying anything.
2: Well, I've heard a school or two out there is offering, just a rumor, over $3 million.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying it's happening. I'm not making any. I'm, I'm just saying, based on just that video, it wasn't terrible. I know people are kind of nervous, a lot of change, but I don't know. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, Bronner.
3: Yeah, I did. Uh, it, it, ben does a good job, by the do, way.
1: Do you? Uh, do you agree with that assessment, or are you concerned? I I,
3: I I think Alabama's in as good of a spot as they were when he was committed. Like, there's. I think they have a good. Jo- I think they have a slight leg up over the other schools, and you okay. know I wouldn't be shocked if he went elsewhere. Pretty much the same spot they were in before Nick Saban
1: retired, in my opinion. All right, someone in the app. Uh, Williams is going to leave Texas a rich man. Word is he wants 3.5 million, and Bama's ceiling is two. All right. People are
3: just throwing
1: around numbers. Well, I'm going to try to catch one. <laughs> Here we go. Carter Bradley is next. Stay with us. The uh, opening kickoff continues here on a Tuesday edition at Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP.
5: First possession here in the third quarter. Bradley going right side looking in zone got it touchdown South Alabama Jamal Pritchett again his second reception for a touchdown once again Carter Bradley to Jamal Pritchett in the corner of the end zone it worked at the end of the half
1: all right 632 welcome back in the opening kickoff on this Tuesday thanks
2: for hanging with us right here on the sports station WNS pick one of many Carter Bradley touchdowns in his two years At South Alabama, Uh, of course, uh, Carter is here for the Senior Bowl, and we've got Senior Bowl coverage uh, coming up today, tomorrow, right on through next week when we'll be broadcasting live at Senior Bowl. Uh, convention center Uh, i want to thank our title sponsor uh, Chavez furniture all right and we have presenting sponsors like greer's markets and cash saver d and k suit discounters joe bullard chevrolet and rich's car wash you know yesterday was the first time i've actually had a chance to meet carter bradley in person we've talked to him many times on wnsp on the opening kickoff carter good morning how are you today
6: i'm doing good thank you for having me on thank you
2: We would love to have you on as much as you're available and certainly looking forward to having you on next week uh, in person. So Jim Nagy was talking about you and the story of how you found out about the uh, Senior Bowl. Can you relay that story to us and and when you found out about it?
6: Yeah, so it was actually, you know, after the the hula bowl, um, you know, like any of these all-star games, you're going to play a certain amount of plays or a certain amount of series that, you know, the coaches have set for you. So um, I started off the game, uh, had three drives. They went well, um, you know, uh, and then I was done. I was watching, you know, the other quarterbacks, my other teammates on uh, uh, Team Kai go out there and and get a win, which was awesome. Uh, And after the game, you know, uh, shook hands, kind of went to go find my, my parents and, uh, my girlfriend and and her uh, stepmom and uh, some other of my family and uh, kind of pointed down to the stands, just you know, to a place where you know we could just kind of talk and you know there was really no one around. And um, I'm seeing my dad on his phone. And usually, like people know, like my dad, my dad is not a huge phone person unless something's up. So um, I saw him on the phone, like texting. And um, once we got like to each other. I'm like, what's up? And he goes, hey, how's your knee? And I'm like, what do you mean? How's my knee? I'm like, my knee's great. It's never felt better. And he's like, are you sure? And he's like questioning me on it. I'm like, dude, yeah, like, I'm fine. Like, I feel great. I'm out here playing. Like, obviously, I feel pretty good. Like, I'm ready to go. And he goes, well, you have one more game. I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, you're playing in the Senior Bowl. I go, no way. And just from then on, I was just shocked. I mean, it was an unbelievable moment for me and my dad for sure. Just with him coaching in it. And, you know, I mean, this is his livelihood and he goes to it every year. He always scouts it. Um, You know, it's, it's, going to be a fun time in my life and i know he's excited for it too
2: well he raised the bar on you because he was with us back-to-back years so i'm expecting nothing less from you carter i'm expecting <laughs> nothing less uh, next week so let me ask you uh, what did you take away from the hula bowl what what were the what were people saying about your performance and how how much time do you really get to work with the receivers there i mean we know about the senior bowl we're familiar with it but we're not that familiar with the hula bowl
6: yeah so it's it's kind of set up i mean the senior bowl is the senior bowl it is top of the line it is the best you know of the best now it's kind of set up the same in order of how the week goes you know you're going to have your practices it's going to be fast you know moving um you don't have a lot of time with your receivers so you got to get to know them fast in that first practice understand how they how they run how their body works just how they come in and out of routes um and there's a big there's a big playbook. I mean, it's not crazy, but it also is. You got to be on top of your game for the other guys, um, knowing where they're supposed to be, you know, uh, their assignment, their alignment, everything like that. So, you know, that whole week, it's all about just your mental and how you can process things. But also, not on the field, but when you go to the scouting meetings and stuff like that, um, it's you can't take too much in like you just got to go with the flow and you know, be on top of your game. And every interview is the first interview. Even if you've had 30 interviews, you got to treat it all the same, Um, but it's a great time. I mean, you're around ball. I love it. You're around ball 24 seven. You're doing what you love. I mean, there's no better place to be
1: now. You may not want to admit this, even if if it's true, but when when you initially got the Hula Bowl invite, did you automatically assume, like me, that you'd be headed to Hawaii, and were you a little disappointed when you found out it was just Orlando?
6: <laughs> you know what? I just thought it as another opportunity to play football. I didn't really care uh, where it was at, um, but I've had some, some buddies playing it before, so I kind of already expected it to be in Orlando, uh. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, Hawaii would have been nice, though, too. But I wasn't
2: complaining. <laughs> Bradley, uh, uh, joining us, uh, the former South Alabama quarterback. Uh, so glad to have him with us. Uh, so let me ask you this. Coming from a pro football family, and we've talked about your dad being in the game, do you think that gives you any kind of advantage going into the Senior Bowl because pro coaches are there? you got a bunch of well-known quarterbacks. You're working out, I think, with Bo Nix, Drake May, and you got Penix coming in. But the fact of the matter is that you're coming from, well, you've been raised pro football-like. Does that give you any kind of advantage this coming, or next week?
6: I definitely think it does. And, you know, I'm going to use that to my advantage, but also, you know, I'm going to learn from, I've been training with Bo Nix and Drake uh, for a couple weeks now, and they've taken my game, I feel like, to a new level. Just, you know, I mean, Bo's the most accurate passer in college football history. I mean, the things he's he's taught me over these past couple of weeks and just how I can be more accurate. It certainly helped me, but, you know, going through that whole week, I think, you know, I got a little advantage, but not over just this week. I think through the whole draft process, I mean, you know, I've seen it. I've, I've been around it all my life. I understand what it takes to be a pro and understand what it takes to be a, um, a good leader and seeing the good, seeing the bad leaders, um, you know, in the NFL, but, um, just I think, you know, I'm gonna use that to my advantage but I'm also gonna have fun with it. I'm me for a reason. Uh God put me on this planet for uh you know, a reason and I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna have some fun and I'm just gonna be me and whatever happens kinda happens.
1: Carter is our guest here on WNSP. So I uh, saw you were at the uh basketball game along with uh Major and uh Jim Nagy. First of all, uh, what's it like to be around a real sport? One and, and two, your thoughts on um <laughs> and what's your thoughts on a Major in that transition with the program that you that you're leaving?
6: Yeah. Well my brother's uh he plays basketball at NDSU, so um you know we could go back and forth about that all day long but I'll just get to the major <laughs> part but um, <laughs> um yeah I mean the hire with South Alabama um is truly unbelievable now I, I don't want to pass up on King Womack and what he did and the opportunity that he gave me at South is um you know I'm truly grateful for him and you know I was in the transfer portal. I mean we see it nowadays it's a, it can be a dark scary place but you know I was in and out very fast and I'm I'm very grateful for him and you know his family took me in under their arms and uh, you know I'm thankful for them but you know uh, you should be very excited for this hire in in Major Applewhite uh, you know his urgency to get better his his leadership skills and you know his willingness to you know help others is truly unbelievable and I think that he's going to take this program uh, to even higher heights and man I can't even wait.
2: Carter Bradley is the first South Alabama quarterback to be represented. In the Senior Bowl, you're working out here in Mobile, David Morris, QB country. So uh, moving on from Major Applewhite to David Morris, how is he, is he elevating your game, and if so, in what direction?
6: Um, you know, I think it's from all phases. You know, I take a lot of things from uh, Major Applewhite, and he did an unbelievable job um, over the last two years on getting me ready for stuff like this. And I think David is just sharpening my skills. He's um, from all aspects. I mean, he's a quarterback coach, but he's also, you know, he's worked with the best. He's been around Daniel Jones. He's been around Bailey Zapp. He's been around Matt Jones. I mean, the group that we have in right now, Drake May, Bo Nix, he's been working with Bo for a while. I think, you know, he, he understands the game. He understands how to work with quarterbacks. He understands how to get you at your best. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's preparing me to get me at my best. And I've been working with him for the past two years, and I got all the trust in the world in him. And he's done an unbelievable job at me, but I'm also competing with, you know, two high-level guys um, that are making me also better. But um, yeah, it's a it's a great opportunity right now that I'm going through, and I love this stage of life.
2: Do you work individually with David, or are you, as you mentioned, the other quarterbacks? You're all out there together throwing.
6: Yeah, we're all out there together throwing. So it's fun, man. It's fun.
2: So
1: who's uh who's the closest? like NFL comp to your game for those that have never seen you that are going to go to the senior bowl and they'll finally get a chance to see Carter Bradley who's the biggest comp and like but also who's like who who did you try to model your game after uh, after as you were growing up
6: yeah so there was so growing up that's that's what's difficult I watched a lot of quarterbacks my dad would tell me a lot of stories of whatever team he's on um and kind of just pick you know, different little parts of them. I put pictures up on my wall of Aaron Rodgers throwing a football, Tom Brady, his footwork, his balance. I mean, I've had, you know, cutouts of like little pictures of of them in their throwing motion. So I'd pick apart uh, a lot of guys' different throwing motion. But, you know, over the years, I found myself watching a lot of Stafford. Just his ability not only to throw the ball, but how to dissect the defense, toughness, um, and just his mental in the game and how he leads people. I mean, I just find myself watching more and more of him. I'm trying to get my body motion as smooth as possible because he throws it effortlessly. Um, I think I kind of got his little flick down that he throws it with. I kind of yeah. I, I see that. Uh, I feel like the other guys kind of see that, too. They've been mentioning it. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, take my game to new levels. I feel like, honestly, like I kind of feel like I'm a staffer kind of guy, but I'm also a Carter Bradley guy i am kind of, you know, my own game. Um, But, you know, there's going to be a lot of comparisons on who I'm like during this time, but I feel like I'm just myself.
2: Carter, uh, I can't imagine there's many other quarterbacks today, yesteryear, that get to play a bowl game in their home stadium and then get to play an all-star game like this in their home stadium.
6: Yeah. Um, You know, when I first got hurt, I immediately thought of I'm going to be back in mobile and that's, you know, this is my comfort zone. This is where, you know, over the past two years, it's been unbelievable to me um, and my family, but uh, you know, being in mobile, I'm training here. I get to play a, a, the senior bowl here. I mean, like I said, like life right now is it's unbelievable. I can't thank God enough. He's done unbelievable things in my life, um, you know, over the past couple of years. Uh, but I'm so excited for the opportunity. I can't wait for next week to come.
2: Are they going to make you like group leader to help tell people where to go in the stadium and when practice sessions and things like that, because you know the layout pretty well, (laughs) I would think. I mean, uh, Cardi, you're in charge of this group. You take them here and there, show them where the locker rooms are and and whatever they need to know.
6: (laughs) I don't know about all that, but I know one thing. I'm there to go compete and, and be at my best, and that's what I plan on doing. So, uh i'll let if they need help i'll i will help them but the first thing is i'm there to compete
1: how weird was it though to be playing that bowl game on the visitor side though
6: oh that was weird yeah yeah that was uh that was a little bit different looking across and seeing our home stands uh but you know south came i mean the south fans were there they were rocking they were they were excited to be there and you know for us to get a win and and geo playing an unbelievable game along with Dez, i mean yeah i it was an unbelievable you know performance by them but also a great moment in south history for us to get that first bowl win and the fans were there and they were cheering loud and it was great to be a part of all
1: right before i let you go i gotta ask you one final question so you know quarter you know running quarterbacks always want to be pocket passers pocket passers always want to be running quarterbacks like three-point shooters want to dunk dunkers want to be three-point shooters if you had all just like if you could do anything as a as a quarterback, like what's like what was the fantasy growing up? What's like would you want to be the the run around and not get tackled by anybody guy, or just sit there and pick people apart and throw for 400 yards a game?
6: Yeah, I think I've always grown up. You know, I've always had this mantra in my mind, and I wanted to be just an elite thrower. I've yeah. always wanted to be one of those guys who makes it look effortless, like Stafford. Like you know, I think. Which is weird to say It's like Philip Rivers, even though he's got a kind of funky motion, but like he's elite at what he does. He can pick people apart. He's comfortable in the pocket. Um, he's accurate. It's it's those type of guys who I've always looked up to, who can you know make throws from any position, any um, angle. And I think you know that's always you know my mindset that has been since I was little is just you know to be one of those elite throwers and one of those. Um, elite quarterbacks, you can just pick you apart. As has always been one of my fantasies.
1: All right, so you'd rather throw a sixty-yard bomb than run for a sixty-yard touchdown? Is what you're telling me?
6: Yeah, 100. percent I right. think so. I'm and just, I, I'm just, just saying you might be. Will even allow me to run sixty <laughs>
1: yards? <so. laughs> hey, uh, Carter, congratulations on all the success, man. We're we're really excited for you. We really look forward to talking to you during the week of the Senior Bowl as well. Best of luck, and uh, we'll be rooting for you.
6: I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much.
1: That's Carter Bradley. Ladies and gentlemen, our Senior Bowl coverage continues at the Convention Center next week. The Shavis Furniture Senior Bowl coverage, a lot of supporting sponsors we have to thank to make that make this possible for us. LNS Air, the Orthopedic Group, ward international thank you to you guys hal hayes with ultra wash of mobile and of course afs foundations uh if it weren't for those folks and, and many more like them uh that our senior bowl coverage would not be possible so when we come back uh we have to see if we can get Bronner out a little bit of a parking ticket uh david green set to join us next we'll wrap up our number one right here on a tuesday edition uh, Travis Ryer will kick off hour number two, which includes Jerry Palm. So plenty to get to, your daily dose of fried deliciousness, and, of course, uh, the Francia formal Affairs uh, Tales giveaway. you got to get somebody qualified for that. lot going on, a little time to do it. Wrapping up hour number one next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi,
5: this is Juan Pierre,
6: former South Alabama Jaguar, former MLB player, and you're listening to WNSP.
1: and wrapping up our number one you know the uh, sound of that song that can only mean one
2: thing Mr. Shervanian. and it leads to the naming of the green and phillips alabama high school athletic association radio network player of the week we welcome in david green and david first of all good morning how are you today
5: hey good morning enjoying a little bit warmer weather i can I, finally water my ferns
2: <laughs> uh, yeah kudos for me on that one too i didn't have to uh Bring out the uh, the heavy jacket this morning. But let me ask you this. Is this the first time that Green and Phillips is naming a female wrestler?
5: You know, I, I was thinking about that, and I believe that is correct. Uh, but I'll tell you what. Uh, this young lady is absolutely phenomenal. Um, her name is Kalise Hill, and she wrestles for Daphne High School across the bay. And she led the Lady Trojan Wrestlers to their third state championship this past week. She is a three time state champion and the team captain. And listen to this she was 40 and 0 on the season. She has won 100 career state finals or or 100 career um, wrestling matches. So I'll tell you what, uh, what an outstanding young lady. But I think you're right. This is the first time that we have uh, named a wrestler. But my goodness, what an outstanding athlete this young lady is! You know, with so the congratulations, la-
2: please. With the law practice you have, and obviously you've got a lot of legal matters to deal with, you can't be everywhere watching all these athletes. So how can how can uh, let's say athletes be nominated for this very prestigious award?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can go to greenphillips.com. And uh, just upload uh, the information about the the young athlete, and uh, then we'll make a choice. Um, uh, throughout the week, we're, we're looking at information that we're we're being fed uh, from folks like yourself and and Mark, um, uh, Rick Cleveland, and some others. And so, had a lot a lot of good help on choosing the right person. But without a doubt, this young lady is the winner this week. Uh, gosh, uh, she is. Uh, She's amazing, and I, I don't know anything about wrestling. I, I'm it's one of these things. I think it's a, a sport that's not has not been that popular uh, in the South, but I think it's becoming more popular. But I know um, you know some of the other high schools, you know across across the base schools, uh, guys have have programs, and um, wow, these kids are getting a uh, getting involved in some great sport sporting events, and wrestling is becoming a big deal uh, down south.
2: David, we actually honored. Uh, we had the uh, coach on yesterday uh the winning coach for the daphne girls team that won that state title so uh, we're working in tandem by the way on the lighter side much lighter side does your firm handle parking tickets
6: <laughs> not for you <laughs>
2: it's not for me it's not for me it's from my colleague over you're there michael brauner unceremoniously give it he got a parking <laughs> ticket covering the senior bowl event yesterday
5: you better pay it. <laughs> you know
1: if that would have been Lee, he wouldn't have waited till this morning. He would have called you as soon as he got into the car and talked about how ludicrous it was that the timer ran out on his parking meter, that this is just not fair.
2: I'm looking that's around right. to see that if ludicrous is here. Yeah. Say, that yeah.
1: has to be the day. <laughs> so your, 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 your best advice is not to fight this, just to go ahead and pay it? Just pay it. <laughs> Sorry, Bronner. We tried. That's the best we're going to get. I mean, we have the man on retainer every week. and I'm going to
3: be seeking different representation. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, maybe someone else have another opinion, but I think you better pay it.
2: <laughs> yeah. David, how can, uh, in reality, anybody who does have legal issues, especially any situation where they're injured or anything, uh, contact your office?
5: Absolutely. You can go to GreenPhillips.com, um, put your information in, or call us at 251-300-2000. Uh, either here or in Birmingham. Uh, we have a new office in Birmingham on Pinson Valley Parkway that we're just about to move into. We're moving from the Forbes building, so we'll be out uh, sort of the northern part of town. And so we're always around, always available, between Riches and com.
2: Appreciate it very much. We'll check in with you next Tuesday to find out who the Green and Phillips Athlete of the Week is and look forward to that, David. Thank you ever so much
5: absolutely guys god bless take care
2: hey michael i i actually have a suggestion i don't know if it'll work from here on in but when you park downtown and especially covering an event do you ever put your media pass out no try it i don't know i'm not saying it's gonna work <laughs> i'm not saying it's gonna, work, gonna come back with but a, it, another ticket but it can't hurt i don't think that the fact that you're down there covering uh, you do have a media pass right yes you say that so reluctantly, like you're <laughs> ashamed of it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> put it on the uh dashboard next time see f- see if that changes anything. you okay. know what
1: you know what's funny about our me- and I'm using air quotes our media yeah, passes I think at some point in the past year, somebody created media passes for w n s p to get into like local high school games. Th- they're not worth the paper they're printed on. You have to go through the high school athletic association. Not that people don't see it and be like, oh, yeah, come on in. Um, But whatever. So, yeah, go ahead and throw that out there and see what happens.
2: That doesn't exactly help me now. No. I'm talking about down the road, though.
1: (laughs) Actually, what I'm going to do at the break here is I'm going to go out there and get you a make and model and a license plate. And every time you see this car, I want you guys to put a ticket on the windshield or something that looks like a windshield. I mean, something that looks like a ticket, I want you to put on Bronner's windshield. I want him, every time he's coming out of a place have that hard stop and be like, oh damn, I got another ticket.
2: We'll just litter yeah, his well, car. Yeah, but be careful. I mean, we don't want the tickets to match his salary. Poor guy will I, I'm gonna scooter away. down there. Yeah. Next, next <laughs> time. Why walk, down there. <laughs> I, I, I.
3: In hindsight, I should have. I'm pretty upset
2: about it. Oh. Uh, that would have been better exercise than the diet you went on. Do you want to start yeah. a GoFundMe? Maybe. How
1: much does? Uh, do we even know how much it costs yet? It's fifty dollars. Is it really? Yes. Lee's got that in the mattress. Yeah. I'm going to be coming to Lee for it. All right. Uh, if you'd like to make a donation to the uh, legal fund for Michael Bronner, we can make that happen. Hour number two is next. Travis Ryle, kick things off. Stay with us.
0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Bronner. The opening, kickoff. The opening kickoff. kickoff.
1: Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. All right, seven oh four. Welcome back in hour number two. The opening kickoff continues on this Tuesday. Thanks for hanging with us.
2: Well, we talked some basketball. The NBA uh, record-breaking night. Embiid had seventy in a win for the Sixers. Carl uh, Anthony Towns had sixty-two in a loss. The first time since nineteen seventy-eight that the NBA had two players score sixty or more points in a game. Uh, yesterday, uh, while we were at Senior Bowl headquarters, we noticed that some high-powered Alabama. Uh, sports figures, athletic director, coaches were in town. The only one missing was Travis Ryer from on three, Bam Online. We got him right now. Travis, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today?
7: Yeah, I'm pretty happy with my draft grade. So I'm I'm not gonna be there for Senior Bowl week. So kinda kinda where I'm at this time around. But always a great event. I know a lot of Alabama representation down there. So always a week a lot of people look forward to.
2: Uh, this is kind of a off-the-wall question, but you know how when certain coaches take over re- and they talk about recruiting and we're going to close the gates to the uh, state and we're not letting anybody get out, has uh, the new coach, uh, do you think he's on his way to stopping players from leaving, close the door, and let's not let them escape through the transfer portal?
7: Yeah, I mean, it's all about everything for Kalen DeBoer. It's about roster retention. It's about... Uh, continuing to add to his 2024 recruiting class. And, you know, the portal swings both ways, as we've seen. We've seen a strong UW representation here with three players from Kalen DeBoer's last team making their way to Tuscaloosa. So there's a lot on his plate. I know he was looking forward to getting on the road.
2: You know, you mentioned about the transfers from Washington. I was just curious about the quarterback coming in because it doesn't seem like Alabama needs a quarterback right now. There are other positions that seem to be a little more important, especially when you have Milrow coming back and you got Simpson and Longeran and and so forth. Uh, I didn't know if you want to pick up on that. What you know about the incoming quarterback uh, in Mac?
7: Yeah, I mean he's a, a gifted individual. He's six foot six, about two hundred and thirty pounds, and He's only 17 years old, so, and that's after a year already at UW with DeBoer and Ryan Grubb and those guys. So he actually reclassified from the 2024 class to 2023 and got on campus in Seattle a year early, uh, probably benefited from that in some ways. There wasn't an expectation for him to get on the field. You know, Washington had gone to the transfer portal for Will Rogers, the Mississippi State quarterback, looking ahead to next season, but uh, that may have been more of a bridge opportunity for Rodgers to compete with Mac. And again, given his youth, you really look at him more as a 2024, even though he's had the benefit of being in that program with the and grub. And so uh, it made sense, you know, when you saw Mac make the transfer official to Alabama, you immediately wondered about Julian saying, and it didn't take long to fit, find, figure that out. As you know, he hit the portal and is now at Ohio State.
2: You mentioned Will Rogers. Did, did I read where he is not going to Washington now? He's transferring again.
7: Yeah, he's back in the portal. Uh, once DeBoer and Grubb left, uh, he went back into the portal. I think he's still in there, uh, waiting on his next opportunity, or perhaps you know, finalizing that.
2: Travis uh, is is the board done with his coaching staff has he filled all his positions as far as you know
7: I think it's if it's not done it's 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 close it's probably unofficially done uh, you're still waiting on some some things that clear certain administrative hurdles and uh, that's what we'll see here, I think, in the coming days. But it does look like, in terms of his 10 person staff on the field, uh, he has that set. Obviously, a strong Washington influence on the offensive side. That's what you anticipated from the offensive coordinator to the offensive line to wide receivers, even the tight ends. Are keeping Rob Gillespie around as the uh, running backs coach. So I think that's important, especially from a well roster retention and recruiting perspective and then defensively is where most of the latest work has taken place obviously you guys very familiar with Kane Womack former USA head coach now the defensive coordinator at Alabama Mo Link was a sitting head coach at the FBS level at Buffalo that the board tapped to take the uh, secondary and co-DC position so uh, that's where most of the activity has been of late.
2: Did you run into Ryan Williams at all yesterday in Tuscaloosa?
7: I have not. You know, I think everybody else did. Um, But, yeah, it was a very active weekend on the official visit front uh, for Ryan Williams. Uh, Obviously, Alabama pulling out all the stops. uh, And it sounds like it was a productive weekend. As Again, you try to build that familiarity between him and his family and the new staff, and you know, as a wide receiver, I think he's got to be intrigued by the possibilities for him in this offense. And you know, you consider also the attrition that Alabama's had at wide receiver with Isaiah Bond moving on to Texas, and the opportunity will certainly be there uh, for the returning wide receivers. And you know, they've added already a couple of three or four in the in the early signing period. Just added Jeremy Bernard, the wide receiver from Washington, so. They're going to have a strong core, and I know they would love Ryan Williams to be a part of that.
2: Do you think it really boils down to that playing time or collectives, NIL?
7: I think in this day and age, it just depends on the the prospect and the recruit. Um, I would think there's, you know, if I was coming out, it would be some of all that. You know, I mean, you want to play, obviously, as a young player, uh, even if you have reclassified from 2025 to 2024. Move things up a year. He's more than talented, and I think polished enough to make a big, big impact as a true freshman wherever he lands in 2024. Um, but the collective and NILs hard to ignore. I mean, why wouldn't you at this point take advantage of those opportunities? I think fit, though, is still what it really goes back to. I think the NIL and the collective stuff is gonna pretty much be similar at a lot of places. So then it still goes back to comfortability and you know how you envision yourself in a program and a university and uh, all those things taken into account.
2: Travis before I let you go uh, the loss to Tennessee was at a major setback although I was kind of expected to try to beat Tennessee there especially with Auburn looming this coming uh, Wednesday just bring us up to date your thoughts on the uh, Nate
7: team. No, I don't think it was. The fact that they got off to the 4-0 start in league play was huge for that very reason because you knew what was coming in Game 5 and Game 6 for that matter. So 4-0 going into Knoxville, I think if you're Nate Oates, obviously you would have liked to have seen your team be a little bit more competitive than it was throughout that uh, matchup with a Tennessee team that is very good, by the way. I think probably right now you have to say the class of the SEC, maybe Kentucky, maybe Auburn, uh, but those three certainly in some order at the very top. So to go on the road um, and and lose in that fashion, to an extent, was probably disappointing to Nate Oates. you got to take care of the basketball. You know that going against a Rick Barnes team, they're going to be very physical on the ball. They're going to force you into some things that are outside your comfort level. And if Alabama shoots four of 21 from the three-point line, it's going to be tough. And you know, when you're also minus 19 in points off turnovers, that's going to make it tough, too.
1: Travis, you're, uh, after all these years of doing this together, man, we're, we're finally speaking the same language. All the right moves and about last night, those are two classics, sir.
7: Yeah, I think we're both lost in the 80s. I think <laughs> we got left behind. And um, I think also as <laughs> underwhelming athletes, we could probably – relate to steph georgevich no, no back question. in all the right moves yeah you know just an undersized yeah. defensive back and probably thought he was a little better than he was and some ways got his cup come up and but um so did his high school coach so yep. a great movie and all you know about last night one of those movies that they did the remake for and you thought even when they announced it why are they doing this right. they're not going to come close to the original and and they did not. Yeah.
1: And, you know, a couple of things. So, one, you're right. Belushi stole a show on that. And this is why you need to follow Travis on social media because you can have conversations like this. But the other thing, too, <laughs> uh, Steph, what always amazed me about that team was, even for back in the 80s and the big shoulder pads and the whole deal, that team was apparently loaded with Division One athletes, like, like Hoover-esque back in the day.
7: Yeah, they were. But the best they could do for their Ampipe head coach was apparently an <laughs> office in the basement the— yeah. Of the high school, I mean, what was that office like? You got college recruiters coming in, and yeah. they're down in the basement. Yeah, it, but um, give them credit—they came up with that six-two stack monster for Walnut Heights. And <laughs> you know, if they just have the rifleman, yeah, uh, kneel down on the ball, they they get out of there with the W. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, there there in, in retrospect, there might have been a plot hole or two. Uh, how can uh, how can people follow your coverage of all great '80s movies and Alabama athletics?
7: Uh, Just go to Bama Online first and foremost. We're right there. Check us out on the roundtable, our premium message board. And we've got our YouTube channel up and going now for BamaOnline.com. We have programming almost on a daily basis there. We'll have a show coming up later this morning with Tim Watts and myself. So YouTube, a great place to check out BamaOnline.com now these days as well.
1: Yeah, and and I'll I'll leave you with this. Uh, Steph did uh, open my eyes to the possibilities of band. I will say that.
7: <laughs> well, that's a good thing because he had to ride back on that bus from all <laughs> yeah. that hike with him. So. Hey,
1: man, be good. We appreciate the time.
7: All right, take care. Later. uh
1: Scoreboard, traffic and weather. Here they come. Jerry Palm in this hour. Joe Nylon at 8 o'clock. Andrew Spivey on Florida and their NCAA fracas. Continue your comments in the app at WNSP.com. The opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com.
8: This is George Fada, bench coach of the Houston Astros and you're listening to WNFT.
1: four one oh five five and you can be qualified for a shot at Francia formal affairs tails giveaway tails are 100% worsted wool that includes the tails the coat the pants the white peak shirt PK shirt the vest the bow tie all of it, the whole kit and caboodle valued at more than $600 Always appreciate Linda Francia coming on and making this available. It's one of our more popular uh, giveaways all year. Uh, We'll do this for uh, probably another week or so and then we're gonna have Linda come on. I gotta look at the dates, it all blends together. But you're only gonna have about 12, 13 qualifiers so you got a really good shot at this. This is non-transferable folks. So the winner, the name down is the only one that can go in and claim this prize. So make sure that uh, if in if in, uh, you qualify, that uh, you're able to uh, cash in on this great, great prize. Uh, go check them out. 3831 um, Airport Boulevard. They open uh, at 930. And as always, they can uh, they can take care of all your tuxedo suits uh, and more need. Nothing, nothing says looking your best like being dressed to impress uh, at Francia Formal Affairs. That's how they say it. And uh, our good friend, uh, the late Jimmy Francia, if you want to look your best, forget all the rest. He was a huge uh, fan of our show, of our station, and uh, we were huge fans of him. So um, we want to thank the fine folks over at Francius. We got a got qualifier? My guy, Tom. All right, Tom. Nice work, Tom. Congratulations Well, We will let you know on air who the winner is in the coming days. Uh, you guys can jump in on what was just an – we don't talk a lot of NBA, but it's hard to ignore the fact that uh, – I know defense generally doesn't show up in the NBA, but uh, I don't know if defense took a mental health day or was sick or just decided to take a day off. But, man, some guys were lighting it up last night. Yeah,
2: and the interesting thing about that loss by the T-Wolves, their coach ranted uh, against his team. He railed against them after they lost. Uh, Here's uh, Anthony Towns goes out and scores 62, and they got beat by the Hornets playing at home. T-Wolves are one of the better teams in the West these days. But uh, the coach did not have very kind words to say about his team uh, afterwards. So that I found kind of unique. You, you figure if a guy's going to score 62 points, your team has a pretty good chance to win, especially playing the Hornets. Yeah. Oh, did I say something wrong there, buddy? Attacking the Hornets. Yes, I do. I. I uh, most t- Most people do. Brandon Miller had twenty-seven last night. Most people attack the Hornets. Boy, that, uh, Michael, twenty-seven they don't do on
1: much. a night like like last night's, like scoring six.
2: Well, he was eleven of thirteen. He should have shot more. He was efficient. Yeah, Mike, Mike, are you trying to tell me that that uh, the Hornets are one of the premier teams in the league? I didn't notice.
3: I didn't say that. They're like in thirteenth in the East or something like that. <laughs> but you know, they're they're on the come up. They got they got a couple of young superstars. They've
2: been saying Buzz that. City. They've been saying that for years and. I think you're pretty well aware, you know that at 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 one point Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan were supposedly good friends. At one point, really good friends. Sure. But there was a uh, a split, and apparently they don't talk. And the reason is because Charles Barkley on the TNT basketball show basically blamed Michael Jordan for the fact that the Hornets aren't any good.
0: Tough chance.
9: A
2: commentator
3: like that. That's Michael Broner on the call of all Alabama athletes. Man, <laughs> with a guy like that on the call. The other, the one. That's on an electric team the, to watch.
1: The NFL you played, well, that was uh, from uh, South Korea. The one you played earlier. Yeah, that one was really good. We should replay that one if you. This I was know. football. I know we're all over the place here, but this was this was funny.
3: <laughs>
2: So that was
1: on the missed field goal. That yeah. would have been funny in any language. So were,
2: they a, were they at the stadium, though? Uh, a Korean station broadcasting an NFL game? It's I not unheard of in the playoffs no, like that. I, I could see it in the Super Bowl. I, I, I get that, that it's worldwide. But I, I didn't realize that, that, you know, football has let's say a, f- a fan interest in korea at this point not like it does you know in london and germany and other places they've expanded the game yeah i don't know if they were there or not or was that stolen from a soccer game uh,
3: it's it, they could have they could have overlaid it from a soccer yeah, I mean, game and I'm I, wondering, I, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference <laughs> so fair enough uh all that being said they you know whether they were in the stadium or not they did a better job than nets and romo did uh, oh, you're wow. back on that kick again. I mean, you know, the, those two guys are putting on a clinic of how to call a dramatic missed field goal. But to your
1: uh, that by the way, that was really good because it was authentic. Like whoa, like whether or not it was actually about the football game or not, that's you know Maybe we're it talking like about a these guys that, kick in that have just like they pl- they they call every play like it's the Super Bowl uh, or the final play of the Super Bowl. That was that was le- that was legit emotion. Like oh, I can't believe you missed it. But to your point about uh, publications from outside this country covered. I'll never forget the first game back um, in the dome after Katrina. They had people in the auxiliary gym um, from all over, but specifically Al Jazeera had had credentials. Now I don't know if they were actually there, but they were on the list because I was going down the list to see where I was sitting. I'm like, whoa, hello now. Things are getting interesting. You, you got your seat, though, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I had to fight Al Jazeera for it, but I got it. he well, came out looking pretty good. Well, you should see the other guy. Yeah. Hell. All right, uh, what are we doing next? Oh, we're talking some hoops, College Hoops with Jerry Palm. Uh, stay with us. Uh, we also have your daily dose of fried deliciousness coming up as well. A uh, lot going on. It's the opening kickoff. It's the opening kickoff. Mark, I'm Luke Trevaney and Michael Bronner with you.
2: Chevis Furniture is our title sponsor for our Senior Bowl coverage, which will certainly be prevalent next week. We're doing some Senior Bowl interviews this week, but next week we'll be at the Convention Center, Monday through Thursday, the morning show. Of course, the afternoon show will be there also. Michael Bronner, if he can pay off his tickets, so will be joining us also. And we look forward to talking to senior bowl players uh, maybe some of the uh, let's say the scouts that come in or the draft knicks and also i want to thank presenting sponsors like greer's markets DK and k suit discounters joe bullard chevrolet and rich's car wash let's turn our attention now to the world of college basketball jerry palm cbs sports every week's got the brackets out there as we gear up for march madness jerry welcome to the show good morning how are you today all right how are you good i i see i'm gonna let you talk about it you got a new number one now
8: uh yeah um kansas dropped off the top line uh after losing at west virginia now they have losses to two of the bottom teams in their league uh, both on the road but still um so that was enough to push them off and north carolina uh moved up in their spot and then carolina went out one last night so they'll probably hold on to it for at least a little bit
2: so who do you have on the top bracket right now
8: uh, Purdue, Connecticut, Houston, and North Carolina.
2: What do you make of the Auburn basketball team? Do you think I, – I realize I, I, when I read about them, they don't – apparently I, I, they're saying they don't have any quad one wins or anything. They have a yeah. 11 or 12 games. <laughs> they game.
8: have a gaudy record, uh, great net ranking because they blow people out, and they have beaten one team in my bracket, Texas A&M at home. Uh, yeah, that's not a quad one win. Um, you don't have to have – quad one wins necessarily to get in the bracket but if you want to make a push for the top of the bracket yeah you're gonna to have to i've got them as a four that's got to be kind of a ceiling for them uh until they start playing some better opposition or beating them but it's funny that they have two quad one games uh and lost the, both of them at baylor no uh neutral against baylor and at Appalachian State. Um, And then, you know, a bunch of quad two, three, and four wins, pretty evenly distributed among those groups, but no quad one wins yet. Um, They have an opportunity at Alabama. That would be a quad one win if they get that.
2: Okay, here's what I don't understand, though. You said Appalachian State, and you're not the first person, I think, that qualified them as a quad one, but you wouldn't consider, like, Indiana or a school like that a quad one?
4: Indiana is bad this year.
8: If you were going to have quad one wins based on their history, Indiana would be great. Indiana's not a good team this year. So no, that in fact, that's quad three. Um, neutral site game against Indiana's in the not even in the top hundred of the net. Um Appalachian State is seventy third, and road games in the top seventy five are considered quad one. So that was a road game against the team in the top seventy five now. You know, as Appalachian State goes through their conference and their strength of schedule goes down, even if they continue to win, they may not stay in the top seventy-five. But um, for now, that's a quad-one loss. Um, But you know, they have their best their best win away from home is Saint Bonaventure. So it's not really much of a resume yet. Uh, but you know the SEC's got good teams, and Auburn's going to get a chance to play them. They just haven't yet, but uh, they will right away because Alabama's good, and they're and that's a road game. and They get three of their next four on the road, so there are you know at least a half a dozen or so quad one opportunities ahead of them before they get to the conference tournament.
1: He's Jerry Palm. He joins us here on WNSP. Uh, so on the two line right now, you got two SEC teams, Kentucky and Tennessee. A couple questions there. Tennessee really put it on Alabama. What's what's the gap between any of those two guys on the two line versus those on the one?
8: Yeah, um, it's getting smaller. Yeah, it, and that really has more to do with the fact that um, you know the top the teams on the top of the bracket have two losses already. Uh, Houston uh, actually, Carolina's already got three. So Purdue and Connecticut and Houston have two losses already. So. You know, if um, you know now they've got great resumes. All of them have you know really good wins, which is why they're up on the top. Um, but you know, the, yeah, there's there's a gap. Now the the top of the bracket over the last couple of weeks has come back toward the pack a little bit. So yeah, you can see more movement uh, at the top if one of those teams gets beat.
1: Uh, a lot of buzz around Big Z over at Kentucky, the uh, seven-foot-two Croatian. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. What do you think?
8: I, I, you know, I, well, first of all, nice debut, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if, he, and if he's, what he showed in that game, you know, throughout the season, got a chance to really make them better, and they were already pretty good. Uh, I kind of laugh at the Big Z thing. That's how uh, you think I even wrote this. <laughs> uh, Kentucky's got Big Z, but not Bigger Z. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because we all call Zach Big Z. Um, I guess we'll have to go with bigger now. Um, but yeah, he's uh you know he could be a real good addition to that team. Um, if he can play like that, uh, you know, I mean Kentucky was already kind of putting themselves in positions where they were you know maybe uh, I mean a national title contender, um, but maybe on the outskirts of the favorites. Um, we'll have to see how the how things go from here on out, but they may be able to play themselves into you know, favorite contention.
2: Jerry Palm joining us from CBS Sports. We talk college basketball, March Madness, uh, down the road, and the, uh, we follow with the uh, the brackets and so forth. As a conference, where does the SEC stack up against the rest of the nation as far as some of the top basketball-playing conferences?
8: Um, alongside the Big 12, in terms of... Like the Big 12 probably is going to get more teams in, um, but there's the the big 10 is top heavy uh there's not a lot of depth in that league this year the ACC is even worse than that in terms of just being top heavy in fact I was writing I wrote yesterday about how hard it is to resume build in the ACC this year because after Carolina Duke and Clemson there's a big gap to everyone else it's hard to get wins that boost your resume unless you beat one of those three teams and that's it. And the Big Ten has got better depth than that. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – and then the Pac-12 also, you know, maybe three or four teams. So the, the Big 12 and the SEC, at least among the major conferences, are are kind of running away with things in, in terms of uh, strength of the, and depth of quality teams in the league.
2: You know, every year a team comes out of nowhere, whether it's St. Peter's or – uh, a school like that and catches fire and and and, and really becomes everybody's the whole
8: tournament d- last year was that.
2: Pardon? <laughs> I'm sorry.
8: I said last year's entire tournament was that.
2: Yeah. So it's, I the, the yeah, team well, that
8: South, South Dakota or I'm sorry San Diego State in the final four and Florida Atlantic and at 18 in the final four it was nuts last year.
2: But the team that kind of intrigues me because. I, you would have thought they were one and done but they're not Is this FAU team and i think they scored like 112 points the other day are they for real they are even they up the...
8: 102
2: yeah they did are they for real though i mean uh,
8: i don't i don't know if their defense is good enough you know if they play consistent defense yes um but you know that's funny i think they're the only team that has got a win, at least one win and one loss in each of the four quadrants so they have four losses one in each quadrant so you know they've shown the ability to be pretty good and they've shown the ability to really stink the place up and you know i've watched them a little bit this year and they have i think they might have their entire starting lineup back or most of their their core from last year back and you know every time i watch them they're kind of disjointed you know it doesn't really look like they have a good flow but i haven't seen them yet at their best um you know because i don't get to watch all their games So, uh, like, I didn't see him beat Arizona, which was probably, you know, Florida Atlantic at their best. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, they, well, they benefited from Purdue going out in the first round last year because that would have been game two for them. Um, You know, then that's kind of how things go in the tournament. But, you know, they won all their games and they got there. But I think everybody kind of overreacted. When a team makes a surprising run to the final four, people tend to overreact and vote them very highly next year. And I just, I, you know, that happened with Carolina the year before they even make the tournament, um, which was surprising. Uh, I don't think Florida Atlantic is going to be uh I didn't think they were ever gonna be bad to too the ice back, but I don't I don't think, you know, they were gonna be better than they were in the regular season last year, but it was kinda silly to think they'd be the number one seed kind of team.
2: You know, a team that got a lot of hype during the off season due to recruiting was Southern Cal, Ronnie and he wasn't even their best yeah. recruit. Are they doing anything now? Are they winning no um and
8: their best recruit was a guy named Isaiah Collier uh who you know and by all accounts was going to be a lottery pick big um but he's hurt uh Bronny's been in and out of the lineup obviously he had you know well publicized issues with his heart um but Isaiah Collier is out and I don't know off the top of my head even if he is coming back so no USC has not uh, played with the roster everybody thought they were going to have. Uh, they're missing really important guys, and they're and like most of the Pac-12, they're they're really struggling.
2: And, and that was going to be my next question. You know, with the Pac-12 made such a splash in football this being the last year, so is yeah. there any UCLA, any of those teams coming out this year? UCLA
8: that... has been terrible. They've been one of the worst teams in the league. Um, they got a big win last week, so maybe they're finding their footing and turning things around. But they're having a miserable year um it's arizona who has a chance to win the national championship they're good enough to do that uh and then utah is a borderline top 25 team and then you know oregon colorado they'll probably put another team in the tournament maybe even two uh near the bottom of the bracket they don't really have anyone else um that's a definite tournament team besides arizona and utah
2: Is there a team outside of the Power Five that you think nobody wants to play when you get to the NCAA tournament right now?
8: Um, Outside the Power Five? Well, you know, if you'd have asked me last week, I'd have said Memphis. Um, And it may still be Memphis. Uh, But Memphis and Florida Atlantic are both – those are probably the two best teams outside – the power conferences um and i include the said five but it's actually six in basketball because the big east is two um but uh you know normally you would talk about like in zaga um but they're they may not even make the tournament saint mary's uh doesn't look as dangerous as people thought they would before the year um i, I think really the two best teams outside the power conferences. Gosh, I may be forgetting somebody, and I'm sorry if I am, but I'm pretty sure it's, I, I have Memphis and Florida Atlantic.
1: Jerry, never uh, short storylines, man. We appreciate the time. Let's do it again next week. All right, thanks. Yep, that's Jerry Palm, ladies and gentlemen. All right, when we come back, uh, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. Also, uh, Joe Nylon's going to join us at 8 o'clock. Andrew Spivey at 830. Uh w- but you guys can jump in when we return. Hit us up in the app, WNSP.com as well. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Bronner right here on the sports station, WNSP.
7: My name is Robert Brazil. I'm from the class of 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're listening to WNSP.
3: These boots are made for walking. That's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots
1: are gonna walk all over you. All right, 748, ladies and gentlemen. Jump on in at 694-1055. Uh, gives me a chance to tell you about the opening kickoff's team of the day, as the song indicated. Uh, it's all about boots. And our fine friends over at Safety Shoes Plutz uh, over there in Sarahland Morgan Granger and the guys over there, got it going on. It's re- it's really For you guys the working men and women of the gulf coast they have everything you need i know we talk a lot about boots and they have a ton of boots a great selection as as good a selection as anybody in the area but they're more than just boots cold weather clothing work clothes flame retardant clothing high-vis stuff it's all there in one location Safety shoes plus they offer the they offer the largest variety of, of the safety boots and clothing in the area Approximately 30 brands Wolverine Timberland Keene you name it. They have over 400 styles to choose from um, Carhartt Raska Columbia I can go on and on uh, they they have everything you need wall-to-wall We talk about them all the time because they're always got a ton of stuff in stock Go by and see them right there in Saraland. They're open uh, coming up here in just a little bit. It's Safety Shoes Plus. They have something for everybody. The working men and women of the Gulf Coast, I highly encourage you to go check it out. You will not be disappointed. Safety Shoes Plus, the opening kickoffs team of the day. Uh, all right. You guys can jump in. We talked a lot of NBA. Uh, Ryan Williams gave a little bit of an update, which was not much of an update. But I felt like if you're an Alabama fan, you're probably pretty confident. Why? Uh, or as confident as well- you were prior because he said all the right things
2: okay i know that but i mean if, it, if it's based on collectives and you're looking at texas and texas a&m and we we one of the app appers called it i say got to you about the um the, the, the three million and right that's and i'm look i don't know if that's true or not, i i hear that right too.
1: but the collectives were all part of the issue even before the coaching change my point is is nothing's really changed he was impressed with the coaching staff. He talked to the offensive coaches. He liked the system. Yes, it will all come down to NIL, but my point being that like they're not any further behind than they were, or at least that's the indication I got, the feeling I got from listening to his three or four minutes talking with my colleague over at AL.com, Ben Thomas, than they were previously under the Saban regime. Is that fair, Bronner?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything's changed. I mean, Saban or no Sabin, I think, the nil situation remains the same now he's going
1: to texas this week and he specifically said uh he'll know better because he was asked about a pecking order he didn't really want to answer but he said he'd know more after texas which i thought was interesting because auburn is the following week so um he was wearing alabama gear i don't know if that means anything
2: it really doesn't because as he said he changes gear all the time and wears different uh gear the Texas deal is interesting because his quarterback at Sarah Land is supposedly sure. committed there too. That's one thing. The receivers at, at Auburn, and you know they got into the mix also, and they've been going hard after him also with that uh, group of receivers that uh, Hugh Freeze and his staff have recruited. So, yeah, I you you seem a little more optimistic than I am. I, ju- I don't have a feel for it. I just I just feel that in this day and age, the highest bidder and i don't know who that's going to be is it texas texas a&m is it auburn i don't know if it's alabama he's not going to go to texas a&m
1: is he going to texas maybe what your gut tell you t- uh, in, in order texas alabama
5: auburn
3: it's like 1a 1b 1c put them in. <laughs> like i i think alabama is a slight favorite over the other two i guess auburn second but texas can come with a giant offer so you know you just you never know right now i i think he's gonna go to alabama watch though. he'll probably wind up to going to, to ohio that.
2: state the way things are going
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean after school i mean i guess if you spend 13 million in i uh, what's well, another three well, exactly but the, uh, the flip side of that is man i just spent 13 i ain't got nothing left uh so uh if you didn't get a chance to check out the video uh i encourage you to do so it's rare that we get a chance we got a, we got a phone call here patrick hey patrick welcome to wnsp sir Hey, Mark, what's up? Hey, just to ease y'all's mind, Alabama's in
4: really good shape for Ryan Williams, to so take that for what it's worth, okay? Number two, you hear all these Barners and Georgia fans calling about the mass exodus. Y'all need to let those people know you actually got to have players that somebody wants to have a mass exodus. So, you know, I don't know where they're getting off. And number two, last time I checked, the burner phones and hourly hotel rooms are not in the transfer portal. So Hugh Freeze has got a, a corner market on them. So uh, let's, let the barners sit and talk all they want to. But that little tail kicking is coming, uh, coming this season again, too.
2: Thank you, all Patrick. Right, let me uh, throw this out, and you guys, thumb. you guys can uh, comment. Over the years... Roner's cousin on the phone. Over the years, <laughs> there have been, there've been transfers... Yeah, no, like, we appreciate the call, Patrick. ...from Alabama, like others. But how many... Alabama transfers have really gone on and made their mark. Now, Kamara comes to mind, okay? Are there others? None of the quarterbacks that left, I don't recall doing much. Michael, do you recall any Alabama transfers? There have been some that have transferred two and three times and have yet to find a niche in the college football world. So, when he said, like, you know, there's somebody that wants them, yeah, there's somebody that wants them, but what have they done?
3: Yeah, I mean, I... (laughs) I don't know, what, what what does it matter?
2: Well, it matters in the sense that just because you go to Alabama and you transfer, that somebody takes you, that you're going to turn out to be this all-American or all-whatever all, all whatever conference, because really when you look down the list, and I don't have that list in front of me, but the only one that really sticks out is Alvin Kamara yeah, left, mean, it, that went on and really had a really good career. It's
3: generally not the starters that leave, so, I mean...
2: I don't, know. I don't think people are celebrating. But they had four- and five-star recruits that left, and I don't remember even how to say their names, but there was one guy out of New Jersey who was really considered one of their top recruits. He'd, he'd, he'd been beating the bushes all over the place, went to about two or three places. He was a linebacker. Um, the quarterbacks, remember back when uh, the, you had a couple of quarterbacks who left at the same time because they— Figured they weren't going to get playing time. That's when Jay Coker was up there. None of them ever really set the world on fire. So just because you go to Alabama and you're recruited, does it mean the grass is greener on the other side? Because normally it hasn't been.
3: Yeah, I don't think people who are anti-Alabama are celebrating landing the transfers more so than people leaving Alabama. The Yeah, they're not pers- celebrating
1: their, their riches. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're celebrating <laughs> the... The, the fallout. Oh, look of at the all Saban. these guys. Alabama's
3: yeah. lo- when reality is, you know, Alabama has lost two players that were starters next year. I, I guess three, and Isaiah Bond as well. But, um, you know, between Downs, Proctor, and Bond, those are the, the three guys. And reports indicate that Bond and Proctor might have been gone anyway. Uh, Downs is like the one that's the Saban effect. So I don't know. I I think those rumblings or whatever you know people proclaiming you know things are melting down it's been it's been pretty greatly
2: exaggerated i guess my point is just recently alabama has actually done better getting transfers in than players who have left uh which really haven't contributed that much you know like i was watching that game the other day with jamison williams uh, had a really good game for the lions he did very well when he came to alabama so they've had they've done very well as far as they don't bring. They haven't brought in many transfers in the past. That may change this year.
3: I know. You know, same guy in the app, Auburn fan getting upset. Like, here we go. You guys trying to spin the narrative that all is well. Like, t- I mean, tell me, tell me why it isn't. I mean, Alabama just signed three five stars at corner. It, it's not. It's not the end of the world that Caleb Downs, Caden Proctor, and Isaiah Bond left. It's. I, I just. I don't know. I think I think Auburn and Georgia fans it, it, have been— It stings a little. I, of course. It's not nothing. No one's saying it isn't, but I think people have been desperate for 17 years to be able to take shots at Alabama, and right now is the time to be able to do that, and
2: Alabama might I still win it, 9 or 10 games next year. I think, I think you're probably right. They will, but it does sting because in the past, the guys who have left have not been bona fide starters like Caleb Downs, like Proctor. Jalen Hurts. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. He did turn out well. Yeah. I give him a lot of credit. I, I, I should have remembered his name. To his brother did all right in Maryland. They got the same guy. Yeah, he, he didn't even. Did he even play at Alabama? Who?
1: No. Uh, to his brother.
2: No. I mean, he
3: played in like two
1: games. That's why he so lost
2: so out so on he's his red shirt. He's going NFL now because he couldn't get that extra waiver, right? Uh, he wanted to yeah. get another year in college.
3: Yeah, they said go get a job. Uh so 27 players have entered the portal to the person's point in the app. It's like they've averaged like 15, 16, 17. But like there's a mass exodus every year, and there has been since the transfer portal has been a thing. Depth leaves. I mean, it's something that Saban you know what? has said he's had an issue with, but so I, mean, I don't know.
1: But you can't I, – I get it. I mean, Again, I'm not
3: saying it's nothing. I'm just like – But it's significant. It's not in, It's not
2: insignificant. But wait, wait, wait. It's that you're basically on the same uh, trend there, right? It is significant. I,
3: I think people are desperate to pronounce that everything is melted down, and it's. I mean, it, they're still going to have a more talented roster next season than. Ninety-eight percent of college football
2: programs. You know, it would be interesting to go back. I don't have the time. I doubt you guys do either. To look over all the transfers from Colorado to see if any of those guys went and did anything anywhere else. That what the sixty or however many left.
1: I, uh, you can't help, but I know you're. You're kind of saying it's not the end of the world. You can't. You can't let somebody like Caleb Downs leave. You just can't. I, it's. It's inexcusable. The guy, a guy of that caliber, you, you can't let go. He has to be kept at all costs, and they failed in that regard. Uh, quickly, I uh, want to let you know, by the way, our uh, Chavez Furniture's Senior Bowl coverage at the Convention Center starts on Monday. number of people to thank, including Pat's Industrial and Auto Supply, Community Bank, thanks to Roy Hudson, Ronnie Lee's Automotive, b Appliance, Gulf Coast Mortgage Solutions, and so many more. We're really excited about our Senior Bowl coverage. If you missed Carter Bradley earlier today, you can go back and check it out. WNSP now, wherever you find your favorite podcast. We're coming back with hour number three, which includes Joe Nylon and Andrew Spivey. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM All Sports Radio Station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile App. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee shervanian and Michael Bronner. The, the opening kickoff. Here are Mark,
1: Lee, and Michael. All right, 804, hour number three, a spirited debate. Uh, brewing in the app over comments we just made about Alabama, Auburn folks getting in. Continue with your comments in the app. We, we love to hear from all those that have differing opinions. Uh, we're here for the next hour or so right here on the sports station, WNSP.
2: Now joined by, or will be joined by, we hope, maybe not, the athletic director at Spring Hill College. By the way, the uh, Badgers basketball team doing things that they haven't done in quite some time, winning their fifth in a row uh, they beat Lemoyne Owen last night by two points. They're now 11 and 7, overall 8 and 4 in conference play. So kudos to the coaching staff for the men's team, and the women's team also won yesterday. Uh, we were hoping to get Joe Nyland on to talk about uh, the frustrations of being a Buffalo Bills fan. And right now, is there any other program in any level of professional sports where you can say that there's more frustration or disappointment?
1: Hmm.
2: Rooting for, I know there was a time being a Saints fan. But oh, it's but come back. Have, it's, it, but it, it, they have a Super Bowl,
1: yeah. Uh, I think there's a there's a time we're Cubs, right? So I think there, I think there's a fine line between frustration and like this badge of honor, right? Like it's a badge of honor to be a Buffalo fan, or maybe it's just sheer, maybe it's just sheer frustration.
2: Um, I'm trying to think of some other schools. But I mean, you come so close every year. And then you get knocked out by Kansas City three of the last four years. And it's a missed field goal here. It's a missed field goal there. These are things that have been happening to this franchise. They get so close. And and that's where I'm going with, you know, are you with a team that's been almost to the top of the mountain, but you just can't get over the top? Mm.
1: Uh, Well, I'm – Give us another list of fan bases that uh, can that you could that are good comps to the whole Buffalo thing. Um, the only ones that come to mind are Chicago, New Orleans, right now. It, At- Atl- Well, Atlanta's never. I mean, they had one shot of getting there, the whole Dirty Birds thing, and I don't know. I think that but might. They're just be a badge the of but they're not in honor but I don't
2: know. Is Joe ready to go? All right, Joe Nylon, athletic director, Spring Hill College avowed Buffalo Bills fan, going back to the 60s. Ticket holders for sure in the family. Joe, how frustrating it is today to be a Buffalo Bills football fan?
4: Well, I don't think it's any more frustrating than it's been for my last 60 years, but uh, you know, it's it's the Bills.
1: Break your heart.
2: <laughs> there was a headline the other day. You sound
1: like a defeated man, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well
4: it's you know I, they had a great year uh you know when you're a fan there's only one outcome you want to accept and that's the super bowl but only one team can win it and, and uh you know we, we've had a really good run here the last 4 or 5 years so uh just it's you know you hate to lose but uh you know it's it's Somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose.
2: I think, too, that you you might want to project the fan base at Buffalo. It is pretty unique, and that's probably what makes it even more frustrating, the support the fans give to the team and how the players are just loved in the community, and then to get to a certain degree and just can't get over the hump. To me, that, that adds to it.
4: Well, you know, B- Buffalo is relatively a, a- – smaller city. Uh, you know, much it's bigger than Green Bay, but you know, it's it's uh, you know, a smaller city and the team has always been very immersed in town. I mean when I was growing up, we would have father and son breakfast, the Bills would come, you'd have Jack Kemp, O J or you know, they'd come and talk to you, just, you know, sign autographs. They'd be out in the community. And you remember this, Lee, when actual players used to work in the off season. <laughs> And, you know, several guys worked right there in Buffalo in the community. So they're very well tied in. And, you know, it's it's pretty much a working-class town, hardy people because of the weather. And and they love their team. They, they love the Bills and, um, you know, do or die uh, type attitude. And, and uh, you know, you got to be hardy to go sit out at those games in November and December and January.
2: What was more frustrating – Josh Allen's misfire with the open receiver, or Tyler Bass's field goal miss?
4: Well, I think the field goal miss because it was wide right, so it just brought back the, the Norwood miss from uh, the first Super Bowl. Uh, you know, he, you know, Allen had uh, had the guy wide open in the end zone, and you know, the, you, you didn't see the fact that. He actually couldn't go all the way through. But with his arm, I mean I've seen him make that throw before. And then of course Diggs, you know, that would have been a tough catch, but that catch, boy, that would've that would have changed the game right there.
2: And as even the commentators are saying that the two teams, Kansas City and Buffalo, are so it seemed like they're so evenly matched, but are they? I mean, it, why why is it that Kansas City keeps winning these games when supposedly they're pretty equal in talent?
4: Well, Buffalo wins in the regular season. Kansas City wins in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Buffalo's beating them in the regular season, which that happened with the old, you know, the Bills teams of the '90s. They always beat those teams in, in the regular season, then to get to the Super Bowl lose to them. Uh, you know. Playoff games are on a little larger scale, and the margin error is much smaller.
2: Did your family go out and shovel snow two weeks ago?
4: (laughs) There weren't a lot of people out there. I don't think any of my sisters or or nephews got out there, though.
2: Joe, uh, before I let you go, a couple of other things quickly. Your men's basketball team doing things that haven't been done in quite some time, winning, like a winning streak. Oh,
4: yeah, great win last night. You know, they went two wins on the road. They beat Lane Saturday. Uh, and then last night, both the men and the women won at Lemoyne-Owen, which is a very tough place to play, a very intimate gym. And uh, the guys actually came back. They were down about eight, came back, and won going away. So great win. I think five in a row now. And, uh, you know, they're playing good basketball.
2: Okay, you just got back from the NCAA convention. Charles Baker, the new executive director, was a speaker. You want to share your thoughts on your suggestion to how to cure all that's going on these days with uh, NIL and so forth?
4: Well, I did mention to a few people that, uh, you know, it's almost like we're being held hostage to wait and see what the, the big dogs are going to do. and And, you know, everybody's so so tied in i got I, I suggested maybe we should just kick them out take the top 100 schools and tell them goodbye and and then figure out how to operate without that money i mean you know we just we just everything we do waiting to see what they do and you know uh you know they're the ones that are causing all the legal ramifications because of the amount of money they make and and um you know, I think we would be in a better position to operate legislatively and legally from our position, and and let those you know if they want to become semi-pro teams or however they want to operate, let those schools go do what they do. And, you know, we can move on and figure out how to operate on our on our own.
1: Well, man, you people arguing about the. F- you know, CFP's best four or top 12 or the 64 best teams in the tournament. Can you imagine being ranked 101 in your little scenario? People, people are going to be fighting.
4: <laughs> that's, that's, that's up to them. You know, I mean, I just, I, you know, it gets frustrating. You know, the 100 schools or even less than that, really, that are really making the money are just holding the rest of the 1,100 schools hostage.
1: Well, Joe, uh we we're, we're going to have to get into this next time cuz this is uh this is certainly some interesting stuff. We appreciate the time. We'll debate amongst ourselves and get back to you on a on a on a clarification on how we stand on that issue. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. All right, guys. Bye. Not I'm not sure where Joe was where we were talking. I don't know where Joe was, but there was all sorts of Oof. alien alien frequencies going on there could you could you might have to
3: check on him after the could
1: interview could you take Lee? the the top 100 schools and say just go do your own thing that's a lot like
2: I don't football think, breaking off yeah i don't think there would be a problem with that i don't see that the top 100 would care they don't want to be they don't want to be held accountable to division 2 and division 3 schools or even to the non power 5 they want they've always seemingly wanted their own way anyway to run their own system run their own football factory and go and do what they want to do and if they want to pay players that was the thing i brought up with joe about did charles baker address that proposal where schools forget the collectives the schools would actually pay the players and he said that really was he only spoke for about 12 minutes to the convention and that really did not come up because that's still a proposal but in reality that that's what he's talking about the fact that these schools whether it be the SEC, the Big Ten, if they want to pay their players out of their own pocket rather than collecting this money, fine, go ahead. Just go form your own league. Alabama wouldn't be as behind other schools. Uh,
1: Maybe, though, because those donations that are coming into the school, those could be earmarked or allocated for very specific purposes, right?
3: I think there'd be some reallocation in that case.
1: I know, but if, if Booster Lee decides that he just really likes the education aspect of Tuscaloosa. I don't think Booster Lee is going to decide that. I think
3: there will be well, enough wait a, minute. No, wait a minute! If you, make booster booster an endow- if
2: you make an endowment, uh, if you like you, your endowment, you want your name on the building, they're not going to change and say, okay, well, we're just going to earmark this money for collectives. Yeah.
3: Well, sure, but the Lee Trevanian training room, yes. done. I think there's plenty of money to go around.
1: I'm still paying it. Yeah, but that was for services rendered. That's to make you the fine journalist that you are today. <laughs> yeah. So are we looking for a
3: refund there? Or? I don't know. You, you, It's really more up for
2: you to decide Did than you me. Did you take the student loan out? Did you go on the student loans where you, you pay interest and all that kind of stuff? Yes. What a rip-off that is. <laughs> I, as somebody who's been experienced, Michael, I would never do that again, ever. Well, I well, wouldn't be sit- I wouldn't be sitting here talking to Lee Shervanian if I didn't.
1: Oh, damn, it, you shouldn't have done it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that, I mean, what's the alternative? You say you wouldn't have done it. What would you have done differently if you didn't take pay sh- it? Pay it right up, right up front,
2: rather than stagger. Well. Did you have that type of money to pay right up front? You ever seen what? I think we did. I, I, I well,
1: if you did, then yes, that's on you for not paying. Then taking out a student loan. I, most that was not the case. I right. I'm assuming didn't Bronner know. didn't have the money <laughs> up front. You ever, you ever seen out of state tuition at the University of Alabama? Most people that take student loans don't have the money up front.
2: Hence, the no loan. one. No one wants to take a loan. Let's say I was unaware of a lot of what happened until later on. Mm. That is cryptic.
1: Ooh. Mm.
2: Alright, you gotta get your scoreboard traffic and weather. Uh
1: and then, dare I say, your daily dose of fried deliciousness. <laughs> who knows? Maybe just traffic and weather. Bronner is very anti-scoreboard. I don't know if you noticed, Lee. I don't know if it's you or him.
2: You or the scoreboard, but
1: I think he just wants more time to talk.
2: How about this? How about if we let him do the scoreboard?
1: Ooh, then you get to do the then you do get to talk.
2: I don't want to do the scoreboard.
1: All right. Poor scoreboard, the redhead stepchild of the show. Uh, hang with us, Andrew Spive. He's going to join us at 8.30 as well. We'll talk some Gators and what the NCAA is doing in Gainesville. Stay with us.
9: Hey, this is Jimmy Ripple from Gator Boys, and you're listening to WNSP
0: on 105.5. Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day where the people laugh and children play oh I'm in love with Chick-fil-A
1: All right, you've been waiting a long
2: time today for it but we're, uh, we're here to oblige. So Lee Trevanian, let it rip, sir. Christian McCaffrey on Saturday scored two touchdowns including the regular season and postseason mccaffrey has 23 touchdowns from scrimmage that tied a 49er record held also by fill in the blank who is the other 49er player that once scored 23 touchdowns from the line of scrimmage if you know the answer mr michael Bronner is ready for you all right there's a little fill side in the l- blank. L- I'm, d-
1: I'm working on them, guys. I'm trying to get y'all a true/false, maybe a little multiple choice. Just try to mix it up a little bit.
2: We can do that. I'm okay. I'll work on that. Yeah, uh, throwing
1: a double negative this one,
2: just to make it more confusing. This one, there's a little bit of a connection to the Senior Bowl. Oh, the intrigue. Yes. All right. And I didn't know this until yesterday.
1: All right. So uh, is uh, or is the Alabama narrative being overblown? Are we overreacting? Michael says, inst- "I'm gonna put words in his mouth." Yes, a lot of you in the app say, "Absolutely not." Uh, there's a mass exodus,
2: and uh, 27 players. Is that what you, uh, you guys? Yeah, said? something like that. Yeah. That seems like a mass exodus to me. It's not as big as Colorado a year ago, but that's because the coach wanted to dump everybody. Yep.
3: Yeah, and they still won four
1: games. <laughs> So if you do the math, Alabama should win 18 games next year based on the number of people Yeah, Coach
3: DeBoer is bringing his own luggage.
1: (laughs) 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 And it's an all-second team Pac-12 center.
3: Yep. Uh, Congratulations to Bobby on the Chick-fil-A. You know, Lee, I was going to get rid of the scoreboard and go rogue, but I figured you might have something funny to say at the start, and you didn't disappoint.
2: I appreciate that. That's true. Uh, The answer, Jerry Rice. Were you listening to Jim Nagy yesterday when he mentioned that Jerry's son is playing in the senior bowl? I was. Wide receiver, Southern Cal. Jerry Rice is going to allegedly be in Mobile. Right. Brendan Rice. Didn't he also mention McCaffrey? Are McCaffrey going to play?
3: Yeah. McCur- Christian's brother, Ed's
2: son, he's a receiver. Nice. All right. These no, are, these they're going to be He's, got, he's a good lines. player, too. Yeah. They, they, so they're, they're guys I want you to round up next week. All righty. All right. Uh, we'll call you, if you, can get, if you can get those players on for us, we'll call you Golden Wheels. I don't know if I want to be
3: called Golden, Golden
2: Wheels. Wheels. Just did because did quickness, quickness. Did you all ever have nicknames growing up? That was, no. That was a <laughs> player for the Buffalo Bills. Was Not one you want to tell uh, us anyway. Joe, Joe Nyland and I were talking, reminiscing about the, uh, Albert Dominion was Golden Wheels. So I thought of that because we need somebody who's quick next week. Is Michael that guy? No. No. Did you have a nickname?
1: Like I growing I up don't, on the program think so kids like call you anything, good or bad.
3: Somehow yeah. my last name became my first name, kind of how it has on yeah. on this
1: station. Yeah. That kind of just happens. Do you, do your family and friends call you Mike or Michael? Is it Michael. Michael? Okay. No, I ain't I ain't mad at you. That's what we do at our house. Yeah, I don't I like. I mean Mi- not that I we talk w- about you, but there's a Michael in my house. We don't we Yeah, don't I don't like Mike. You You're not a no big Mike. What up, big Mike? Yeah. You, you don't know. want
2: to be like Mike. Yeah, I'll, I'll get them all out, Lee. <laughs> so, But you don't consider 27 players leaving a mass exodus? What do you call it?
1: I didn't say it wasn't a max mass exodus. I think words are being put in my mouth now. I think he said it was significant in a way that it's not really significant.
2: That's what he said, right, yeah. Right. Could somebody interpret that it's for me? It's significant,
1: but it's not significant. I said
2: it's not insignificant. Plus a freshman All-American.
3: The fr- oh, Caleb Downs you're yep. talking about? Yeah. Yeah, the Caleb Downs lost
2: stings. Glad we got that sorted down. It's uh, like stepping on a hornet's nest. Yeah. You see uh, the hornet reference there, Michael? Brennan Miller had 27.
1: <laughs> <laughs> buzz, 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 buzz. Good one, Big Mike. All right, All right. Andrew Spivey is next. Right golden here on the sports <laughs> It's like the golden jet in Central Intelligence. All right, stay with us. for hanging with us the opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station
2: wnsp yeah, i wonder if we're seeing trouble on the way down to the Gatorland. we'll find out from andrew spivey in just a minute but i want to remind everybody that this week next week your best senior bowl coverage right here in our studio morning show afternoon show and then of course next week on location monday through thursday yeah we'll have players joining us as we have had done today Uh, Michael's got an interview with an Alabama player coming up tomorrow, but next week we hope to have them in person with us. And it's all thanks to Chavez Furniture. Really appreciate them as our title sponsor. Special thanks to Rich's Car Wash, and my Prius certainly could use one, Uh, Joe Bullard Chevrolet, uh, D&K Suit Discounters, and Greer's Markets. Yeah, that shiny Alabama car in front of me Uh, yesterday, Mark, you know, the one with the— hierarchy of alabama made my car look pretty dirty
1: uh it could be that uh i don't know i don't really have a pithy response yeah, to yeah that. that's
2: okay I think of one all right let's talk to andrew spivey we, we mentioned about florida and the investigation now just recently we had florida state got into trouble with nil andrew uh first of all is with gator country a good friend of the station and i appreciate you joining us can you kind of update us on what they're investigating
9: Yeah, absolutely. First off, was it a Lambo in front of you? Because that's the going car around uh, NCAA now.
2: (laughs) What was it, Michael? What was it? It was was a big car. I know that. It was a white color. What was it?
3: I
1: didn't actually see the vehicle. I I think uh, just the burn. I almost hit it. Andrew, I, I think it's pretty clear to say if they can't remember what it was, I can almost guarantee it was not
9: a Lambo. But yes, so Florida is under investigation for the Jaden Rashada uh, incident. Uh, you know, we I think we talked about it uh, on on your show, Lee, uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, this time last year, where. He had signed with Florida, was uh, coming on campus, and never showed up because uh, he was supposedly offered $13 million. Uh, that's been denied, but uh, was offered $13 million. And then when it came time to get on campus, they were told uh, he wasn't going to get $13 million. And uh, so they were turned in because of the whole uh, when he flipped from Miami. And um, Miami was a little upset that uh, he flipped from Miami to Florida. So uh, the NCAA is investigating that wondering how much the boosters were involved in getting him to flip in the first place uh, before he never signed. And uh, basically, it's NIL uh, 100% again.
1: So a couple things. It feels like from the outside looking in from the cheap seats, it's a little bit like uh, selective persecution here. Uh, (laughs) But also, it's it's simply – uh, guys turning on one another right bad, a deal's gone bad and people want their pound of flesh is is that about to sum it up
9: yeah, and and the thing that makes it interesting is the NCAA is right now giving uh, immunity to all the kids uh, for, for talking about NIL. So, uh, if, you know, uh, Jaden Rashada decides he wants to talk to the NCAA and give the juice up, uh, the NCAA is promising there will be no repercussions for him. Right. Uh, there will be no penalties for him. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, that's a little <laughs> – deceiving because it's that's uh you know both parties are involved here both parties are you know guilty of, of whatever happened and uh you know I, i'm not saying that uh the, the boosters probably didn't contact him it happens everywhere i tamperings all over the place uh go back to caden proctor he's telling you publicly Iowa's tampering uh and so but Jane Rashad is you know also willing to take whatever was was given to him. So I I think both of them is is guilty here and like you said they're kind of picking and choosing of what's going on and uh again NIL is a problem and to pick on certain, you know, instances here when it's going on all over the place is a little ridiculous and I think it just continues to show that the NCAA is kind of lost it and they have zero control over nil and any of this and they're picking on just schools that they can and it's getting ridiculous
5: couldn't we
2: pinpoint just about any school now any school that's of any consequence and and say that it's going on without the kid being on campus that he's being offered it doesn't it's going on everywhere isn't it absolutely and i mean, why, does rashad, why is the rashad at anything different then
9: uh, someone turned him in. Miami. Uh, they were upset. They turned him in, and it goes back to the case of uh, uh, Florida State. Georgia turned uh, Florida State in. and uh, It's just they're picking and choosing what, uh, what case they want to, I guess, pursue, and, and it's ridiculous. Uh, you, you, you look at Isaiah Bond. Uh, no way does Texas have a deal with him in place in two days kid had a deal in place before he left Tuscaloosa. Uh, So why is he not being investigated? That's the biggest problem that coaches have right now. And, and again, it just piles on to the problems we have with the NCAA right now. They're they're picking and choosing these problems. It's going on everywhere. Uh, What the answer is, I I don't know.
2: Well, that was a little bit different, though. He was in school, right? I mean, I was referring to Rashad. It was like a high school senior coming out, and I – I, my belief was, even though I knew it wasn't going to happen, that you couldn't induce or entice a kid to come to your school because of collective. Now, once he got there, that would be a different story.
9: Absolutely. Yet yeah, they're they're accusing Florida of having a booster reach out to uh, Rashada, uh, promise him an NIL deal uh, to flip. And uh, before he was on on campus. Now it, it goes back to this, and and that is California actually allowed NIL deals. So it, it's where you get into muddy waters and tricky waters. Again, this investigation's been going on since June. Florida knew about it. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I, I don't see much coming out from it. will uh, probably lose some days on the uh, on the recruiting trail in this spring. Uh, probably have to do the whole NCAA uh, class where they have to be taught what they can and can't do uh, besides that I, I don't see much more coming out of it uh, again it's been known since June uh, that they were going through this investigation and, and Jane Rashad is not on campus in Florida
2: yeah he's he's where Arizona State now somewhere yes would they have been a better team with him than what uh, Graham Mertz gave him
9: uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, Florida didn't. Florida didn't lose football games because of Graham Mertz. They lost football games because their defense was. Was terrible, and uh, Billy Napier and, and his staff made some questionable coaching decisions, and special teams was terrible. So, uh, Jaden Rashada, I don't think, wins for uh, any games. And I think if Jaden is on campus, they probably don't get DJ Lagway uh, to get into school now. And uh, he was named yesterday the number one player or number one quarterback in the country. And DJ Lagway is a special quarterback. So, I think all in all, Florida probably worked out better uh, with Jaden Rashada going to Arizona State and DJ Lagway getting on campus for next year.
2: Andrew Spivey from Gator Country joining us. From uh, just a local angle, how's Shamari James, the Faith Academy linebacker, doing? Is he still around uh, playing?
9: Yeah, you know he had the uh, dislocated knee uh, in the Georgia game that uh, he had to have uh, uh, surgery on, and he missed the rest of the season after the Georgia game. Uh, but all indications are he'll be ready to go for uh, spring, and uh, he'll he'll be the captain of that defense, and they're going to rely on him to to be the guy and uh, really kind of get that defense going in the right direction. Uh, they brought in Ron Roberts from uh, Auburn, who's very familiar with Billy Napier back from the Louisiana days, and. Uh, um, they're, they're really hoping that Shamar, with Roberts, and Austin Armstrong can kind of take that next step, and, and he was very having a very good sophomore year before he got hurt, um, and they're hoping that he can kind of take that leadership role to a next level and get this defense back uh, a little bit of SEC standards in, instead of giving up 700 yards to LSU.
2: By the way, and, and this was just a rumor I heard, and I don't know if you can confirm or deny, but... Your defensive coordinator, Armstrong, was he interviewed for the defensive coordinator's job at Alabama by the new coach, DeBoer?
9: Yeah, he was uh, interviewed by DeBoer and was actually interviewed by Saban. um, And a a lot of talk, and um, again, we'll never know this because he's retired and playing golf or whatever he's doing now, but a lot of talk that Saban was actually going to hire him before uh, he retired. And um, as we know, Austin Armstrong was at Alabama for about a month as the linebacker coach before he came to Florida as the defensive coordinator. So, uh, yeah, definitely interviewed with DeBoer and interviewed with Saban as well. And um, He was a hot commodity out there. I think uh, at the end of the day, Austin Armstrong was a little more comfortable being just the defensive coordinator instead of having that co-DC title uh, that DeBoer was willing to offer him.
2: Andrew, let me ask you this. There's been a narrative out there that this is a make or break year for Billy Napier. First of all, do you buy into that? And what what kind of a year does Florida have to have, in your opinion, to make sure that he sticks around for a while?
9: Yeah, I do think it's a make-or-break year. Um, I, I record is going to be tough. I mean, Florida has the toughest uh, – schedule in the country, uh, according to most uh, that, that do that, and uh, you, you look at the schedule, and it is brutal to end the season. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing is they've got to show improvement first off. Uh, they cannot go on a six-game losing streak to end the season. You know, they had a, a losing streak to end the season this year of five games. Can't have that happen. Uh, next year, they, they've got to, the defense has got to get better. Uh, the in-game management, the the kind of boneheaded in uh, end of the game where like for instance this past year where they had the offense and the defense on the field or special teams on the field at the same time while they're trying to clock the ball that can't happen they've got to look like a program that's going in the right direction uh, and, and they got to make a bowl game and again it's going to be tough uh, to do that with the schedule but they've got to show improvement um it, does that mean six wins or seven wins I don't know that there's a number. I think it's more about showing direction of where it is. And, um, you know, for Billy Napier, he's doing his best. Uh, He's hit the portal really, really hard. Um, He's changed his coaching staff up. Um, He's putting in it all. It's just going to be tough for next season. And and they're going to be a young team that's got some transfers that haven't played together as well.
1: Hey, man, it's been far too long to, since we had you on, Andrew. We really appreciate it. Tell everybody how they can uh, get the latest on all things Florida Gators.
9: Yeah, definitely, at GatorCountry.com and on X at Andrew Spivey GC.
1: Hey, man, we'll be in touch. Thanks for the time.
9: Absolutely. Take care, guys.
1: That's Andrew Spivey. All right, uh, I want to remind you, too, as uh, Lee had mentioned, the Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage from the convention center starts on Monday. Number of folks have made this week possible. We really do appreciate uh the folks at McDonald's, Barnes Family, Dixie Supply, uh the good folks at Mobile Mitsubishi, AIDS, Alabama, and of course insurance office of America. We want to thank everybody for their support. We've already started our senior bowl coverage. Uh if you missed Carter Bradley earlier today, you can go on WNSP now wherever you find your favorite broadcast or podcast and and listen to that interview. We'll have plenty more this week before things get real next week it's going to be an unbelievable uh stretch of coverage for us here and what is going to be an, an, uh, an incredible roster for the senior bowl we come back closing ceremonies we'll give you a sneak peek into tomorrow's shows you guys can uh, jump in 694-1055 the opening kickoff right here on the sports station wnsp <laughs> Hi, this is Monty Burke, author of Sabin, The
8: Making of a Coach. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM.
1: One final segment of the day. Uh, You guys can jump in at 694-1055. Once again, by the way, the Oscar nominations came out this morning. And once again, I haven't seen. Throw some names at me. Best picture, the ones you've probably heard of. Oppenheimer, obviously. By the way,
2: on (laughs) my streaming. I get one name out. By the way. No, I get to see that in a couple of weeks. It comes on Peacock. Okay. Well, good luck with that three hours worth yep uh
1: Barbie uh, also got a a, a nom there got I got a missed, nod missed that American one. fiction anatomy of a fall the holdovers killers of the flower moon um past lives poor things the zone of it- that's a lot of movies I can honestly say I've seen one of them I saw we, Oppenheimer you
3: know Lee revisit. Barbie has made it to peacock so maybe you should check it out I'll put that second behind I have not seen it but I
1: would watch it could, could you see it you saw it
3: could I didn't see it in the theater. We we tried to watch it like a week ago. Could not could not make it through. Not not for me.
1: Hmm.
2: I think Oppenheimer. You saw it, right? How was how was Robert, Robert Downey on that?
1: He was good. They were all good. It was incredibly long, but it was compelling stuff. I don't think it was the greatest movie of all time, uh, as some have 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 said. But it was certainly. It's not one of those that you're going to turn on. You know, you flipping channels service, so like, Oh, Oppenheimer's on again. No, it's not one of those. But it's well done. It's uh, thought-provoking and uh, very in-depth, and it's it's a, it's a really good it's a film. The Academy, I'm a movie guy. fine
2: film. That's making. a film. <laughs> I'm a movie the guy. Academy Awards will take place March 10th. Jimmy Kimmel is the host. I wonder if they'll have Aaron Rodgers presenting
3: i can pretty much guarantee would you he will say something about aaron oh yeah Rogers he will but sure. how about this have aaron Rodgers as a presenter yeah i don't think aaron Rodgers wants anything to do with the academy oh, Well, i think that
2: would be great tv to have him come out there and present now, you, you got a better chance of getting him at the people's
1: choice yeah.
2: man uh, oscars are stuffy and uh, rightfully and so and aaron
1: Rodgers
3: wants
2: nothing to do with the ha- academy have awards. either of you seen the killers of the flower moon yet i didn't see that one either no. That's nope. one I would like to see. It's a true story. Leo
1: and Matt Damon. Uh, and I'll see anything. Matt Damon makes any movie better. I Name like, a movie he's in. And I like I that. Don't chance it's not bad. I
2: don't. Is he? It's it's Leonard DiCaprio and Robert De Niro are in that one. I
3: think De Niro is also. I know Matt Damon's in it. I don't, I don't know what capacity.
1: I didn't see the movie, so I don't, I don't know. All right, yeah. So what
2: do you got cooking for tomorrow? There's our big uh, pop culture Oh, do I bit. have an adrenaline rush for you? Whoa, hey now. Yes, this will get you coming Stay faster onto than on that side can... of the table, big so guy. So we, we started out with NBA. We're going to start with baseball tomorrow. Come on now. Great. Why? Come on yes. now. Why? Why? Because the Baseball Hall of Fame announces their n- either new inductee or inductees tonight.
5: They're okay. going to announce
2: the newest members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. So okay. I know... You will be very interested to see who those are.
3: Uh, who's I up for the nomination? Well, up I would say
2: a surefire is Adrian Beltre. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. He, I'm sure he'll get in. I don't know about Gary Sheffield or Andrew Jones or Billy Wagner. These are, you know, you got to get 75 percent of the vote. Those are names that have been thrown around, but Beltre would be a shocker if he doesn't get it.
1: Okay. And so, who are we talking to about that tomorrow?
2: You. Oh, it was just me? No, well, Dan Jennings will be on, but you too. Okay. I mean, in the beginning. Right. Okay. From 6 to 7, I'm going to ask you for your thoughts and your analysis of it. And yeah. Do you think it was fair voting and who should have gotten in and who didn't?
1: Okay. I'm
2: mm. um, I'll, I'll really to be. looking forward to that. I figured you would be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, that worth three scoreboards record, or two? record this, but
2: I agree with Gr- Bronner on this one. Also, uh, Chris Stewart will preview okay. Alabama-Auburn. Yeah, that
1: will be a big one tomorrow night. Bottom.
2: Yep. Would that be your call when you start doing basketball, Michael? I wouldn't steal another man's call. It's hard not to though. But another man's very man's woman? I don't know. Another <laughs> man's call? Never. There's <laughs> very <laughs> few original <laughs> calls these days. It's hard to come up with something that hasn't been done. Okay. Mm. Well, there's always something. What was your call when they when? It's good. And it goes good in. or yes, and and those yes. are old. yes, and that was a Marv Albert thing that a lot of announcers use now. Good, I'd I'd go good was a, I like that one. I don't like to stretch it out for a basketball. So when they missed it, you go bad. <laughs> you know what? That's <laughs> not, not good. A, that's not bad, Marv. Terrible. <laughs> that's not bad at all. It's up off the rim. Terrible.
1: Terrible. Awful. Mm. What are you doing? We'll have to pull some old Lee play by play and dissect it people are people are so critical of play-by-play guys now we we should we should find some old stuff and i'm
3: more critical of the analyst but yeah
1: yeah well it's also specifically romo but it's also would you say it's a more difficult job in that you have to formulate your own opinions and ideas and analysis on the spot where play-by-play
2: You're simply telling the folks what you see.
1: Oh, I definitely think being the color guy
2: is a harder job. I'm not disagreeing with that. There was that story – well, you follow Paul Feinbaum more than I do, but he was on, what, a podcast the other day when he was asked about Nick Saban and where he thought Nick might wind up, and he said people talk about him being maybe on game day, but he said he feels Nick would probably feel more comfortable and more into his element doing – commentary on a broadcast because all week he could look at film that it would take him into what he's used to doing rather than being on a set and having produce do this do that uh come here we need you here you know or we need you in
1: three minutes or we're not going to need you for 30 minutes i thought thought that that was very telling
2: and we'll see if that happens and if that's the case let's just say for the sake of argument that they're considering that does he become their number one guy. I mean Herb Street's been doing this for years and does a good job. I mean, he does. I if if you really listen to him and and pick apart, I think he does a fairly good so job. Was this the I uh, like Herb Street? Was this
1: the uh Ross Jackson podcast or <laughs> the Jake podcast? Neither of those. Oh, okay. Neither
2: of those I'm familiar with. Ross- I don't listen to any podcasts. Uh, okay. Just wondering. Do, do you uh Ever? I definitely don't listen I to... Uh, the only one I would even venture is the Michael Brauner NFL podcast. There's no other one that...
1: You mean the NFL broadcast that we have during the offseason, but not during the season? Right. When there's stuff to exactly. actually talk about? Yeah. yeah.
2: Don't, don't you... I mean, don't you go home and listen to that?
1: I can't wait to get home to listen to that. I actually... I start streaming at the minute we're off the air. In fact, I'm counting down the,
2: the minutes here before I dive right the, in. I feel the same way. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. what Michael doesn't know about football is not worth knowing. I agree. I th- that took a minute to to fully, but okay. So anyway, that's what uh, Paul suggested, and it made sense to me because his style would fit more for being in the broadcast booth doing the commentary, and then listening to Michael Bronner criticize him afterwards.
1: Yeah, I I I don't think I'd criticize him. I don't either. You of course you would. No, you wouldn't. If it were Gus Malzahn or Tommy Tuberville or Brian Harsin or. You freeze, uh, Brian Harson being the well, I ball mean, be of fair, personality yeah. that he is. I will say, X's and O's aside. Speaking of personality, this state is taking a major hit when it comes to head coaches I agree. and personalities.
3: I mean, we talked about this during the hiring process. It's like, uh oh, you yeah. know, I, I, I was when Lanning announced he was out. I was kind of hoping for Devore just because I thought he was the best hire. But uh, you know, from Purely our perspective, and radio content. It was certainly the most
2: boring one, I guess. Yeah, but you can't it can't go wrong introducing the coach of the year. Uh, okay, Nick's leaving, but we have the reigning coach of the year. It's yeah not so exactly. I, you're getting scraps. right from
1: an X and O standpoint. It's great. I'm I think saying. it
2: was a good hire. That's not my
3: point. But, but like, I'll imagine say if they the, hired Dabo or Lane. Right,
1: but <laughs> during during the year, every once like I'll try to listen. I was trying to listen to Saban or Hugh Freeze's you know weekly press conferences. And it is brutal to get through a Hugh Freeze press conference. Like Sabin, you never knew what was going to happen in the whole deal. Like he was entertaining, he was engaging. Who who
2: among – and I feel your pain because I used to and have to do that. And I just feel like we're doubling down on But who among the week. coaches uh, – Drinkwitz is the only one that would come to mind that would be worth listening to. Is anybody else that you found Interesting. Lane uh, Kiffin, Dabo. Ca- Kiffin to me is not. He's he's more social. He's I think Beamer has a, has. From <laughs> I
3: cannot stand Beamer. Um, all Beamer does is whine.
2: Um, if you were and his team. Wait stink. a minute, Michael. When you went to the uh, SEC media days, did you sit in on Pot Kiffin? Meat Kettle over here, Mister Weiner. Did you listen to uh, Kiffin at all? Yeah,
3: I started a war between him and Feinbaum.
2: How so? Well, I asked
3: him about Sabin and. Kiffin said something about, you know, people like Paul Feinbaum are always pronouncing them done and they're always wrong. And then Feinbaum went back at him. It was a whole thing.
2: Where you're were you? So you're an instigator. Yeah. I didn't really, mean, I didn't, tri- I didn't really
3: mean to be. Are you, you going to be that way next week? No. I didn't really. Wasn't really intentional. No, he doesn't like
1: that kind of stuff. You like to ask serious football questions. I'm a hard-hitting journalist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, I could stifle a laugh. Lee couldn't. He just automatically just blurted it out. All right, that does it for another edition of whatever this was. We call it the opening kickoff. Uh, We appreciate you making us part of your morning. We will be back for a Wednesday edition tomorrow at 6. Until then, see ya.